Hey, folks, sorry about last week. Lo siento. Sorry about this week. This week, Double it, lo siento. it's a lengthy one. I'm guessing it's going to push on the two-hour mark. And really? Probably so. Wow. We covered a lot of topics. Yeah. And we... Well, this one started in La La Land and it took a hard right on topical. In fairness to us, we got really, I won't say political, but we talked about... No, this is not politics. Social, this was social, social issues. Issues, social But it, it, it was related to what's being in the presented to us in the news and then how that is being regurgitated. And that's right. the word, regurgitated and diarrhea yeah. out on what we now call the social media platforms. We may as well just say it. We, we spent a good chunk of time talking about the subject of abortion. Oh, see, you should have just let it be. <laughs> I want people to know what's coming. Well, I mean... We, we well, got into it. I want to be fair. It, it wasn't a for or against because I'm not. What a waste of time. No. It was just about what's being presented to the country. And again, what's being just completely like what a green apple splattered shit <laughs> onto social media. Right. On both sides. I think more or less what we talked about is. But I don't think that was really. I, I, we talked about some. Re- Look, we got the, the, the redheaded Alabama girl spitting out <laughs> racism yeah, we talked about and xenophobia and anti Semitic stuff. We talked about football for a while. We talked about Inglorious Bastards. We, we did. We discussed Inglorious Bastards. We. we uh, it's got it all. We talked about our ideal version of heaven. Yeah. We uh, made some uh, good. We did the, some good banter with uh, what was her name? Ethel, the yeah, Methodist church Ethel lady. Ethel from the from the Baptist and or Methodist we have a church. New character, the self the self deprecating woke Southern this bitch. This girl, bitch. The whole new <laughs> this bitch girl. <laughs> this bitch just found out her dad was a racist. <laughs> All this kinds of things. Just finally figured out that my next door neighbor who's black has been treated unfairly for rent this whole time. <laughs> You'll get there. It's fun. <laughs> The woke, yeah. racist, white, this bitch. But what, what we talked about on the, <laughs> the A-word topic was more or less our frustration with the debate and less about debating it. So don't cringe too much. I think it was funny. We made fun of Sean Hannity a lot. Yeah, well, the dude's a real fucking piece <laughs> of shit. I mean, you always are going to know that we're both somewhat center of left on, or left well, center on most topics. Yeah. We, well, you're, we you're a little bit... I know it's I, not a I, visual, but I kind of cocked I, my head. I, I realize that, but as you, I mean, we're on 49 episodes. The more we talk, the, the more I think you should start to see that we're not that different. No, no, I'm not saying we're different. I'm just saying that you, you, if, if it was on the scale, you're skewing harder left. Yeah, by a few Whereas I, I tend to sit in the middle and just kind of, you know what it is? I just don't give a fuck either way because <laughs> it doesn't matter. But anyways, despite the subject matter and how you may feel about it, uh, we did uh, have a good episode. It was fairly serious there for a minute when we were reading the articles and doing a comparison of one side. What's of real and what's the, yeah. well, it was all more about what's real and what's not. Who, what did a Russian write this? Did an, a real American mother write this? Right, that type of thing. So, and it's not meant to uh, degrade. Again, if you're Russian, you clearly had nothing to do with meddling. You have nothing to worry about with Mr. Mueller. It's <laughs> the, the subject matter covered on the show, regardless of how you feel about any political or social issue, is not meant to uh, belittle or degrade anyone's opinion. 
We had a, we had some fun with it. It got semi. I don't know what you're talking about, dude. We belittle and degrade so many people's <clears throat> opinions that I don't even think this little preamble of yours is is worthy of your time. Uh, I'm just trying to. <laughs> Uh, let me be the let me be the rational one here. You might not like this one, but you should probably listen to it because it was very interesting. It's a good show. And At least from us, you get an honest. You know, we come into it with honesty, right? Yeah, we didn't. No we didn't. We, right. We're not selling you an idea. We're not telling you that you know everything is evil. We're not saying that we necessarily agree with this and that, but we're just going to come at it from our perspective and say, here's yeah, here's I, I, what we think. And we're not trying to sell you jewels, <laughs> cigarettes, and fucking... I take the Howard Stern approach. I'd rather have more people dislike us but continue to tune in. You know yeah, what I mean? That's very true. <laughs> Howard said it. Cheers. All right. Well, enjoy episode 49. We'll see you next week for episode 50. 50. We're getting this much closer to our uh, one-year anniversary show, which we have not planned anything for. <laughs> I think that's probably the way that it was meant to be. Uh, we'll get some chips. Yeah, we'll have some chips. Some you know what we should do? Last thing I'll say. We should just, uh, we'll do the Italian dinner. That's how we started. We'll get cold cuts back in here. That's not a bad idea. We'll bring cold cuts in here. Oh, yeah, Dad will love that. <laughs> <laughs> we, can li- we can maybe do something, because we do have relatives and, and local friends that would probably like to have some sort of gathering. Yeah. We can uh, have a tip jar at the door. There you go. Oh, buy some new mics, yeah. yeah. So anyways, enjoy episode 49. See you next week for 50. Holla! This bitch just saved 50% on her dildo at adamandeve.com. This bitch! She used promo code TPTOPAR to check out. This bitch! She also got three free adult DVDs and a mystery gift. Get out of here. And best of all, she got free shipping on the whole order. Free shipping for this bitch. She went to adamandeve.com, used promo code TPTOPAR. This bitch. Leading right out with it. Okay. Episode 49. Holy shit. We got to start thinking about next week. <laughs> well, I mean, uh, yeah, in, in uh, however many weeks, I can't do the math. It'll be our, our technically our hunt, our year, first year episode. Yeah, I know. And Matt and P was trying to convince Alan that Australia liked, is real. I liked his email. Yeah, and that. You know, for the price of a ticket, he'll prove it to you. <laughs> you hear that, Alan? You've been called out. You got that job that Austin didn't get, so you can you can afford it. Ooh, big money, Bono, <laughs> Mister Manager. I give him a little shit. Mister Ben the Soldier. Yeah, Ben the Soldier. I asked him, "Does he watch Always Sunny?" He's like, "No." He's like, "Trust me, you're Ben the Soldier. <laughs> you're like one pair of of uh, blue jean shorts away." <laughs> and you really ruined that for me too, because now every time I see Ben the Soldier, I'm like, "God damn it, Alan." <laughs> <laughs> they got me jean shorts look at them but this is uh, Inglorious Bastards really one of the best movies probably made in the last 20 years this is uh, what's the guy's name from Rome Titus the big guy Titus Pulo yeah this is French Titus every time I see him I just picture that actor <laughs> Titus Pulo is the greatest he doesn't look like him though I don't know where you're getting that but to each his own. He, I think his name is Ray something. He was the Punisher. He he did a Punisher movie that was really lambasted. Who didn't do a Punisher movie? I don't know. And they got that one on Netflix now. John Bernthal. I'm yeah. not a fan of Who's going to be in the uh, Angels of, of Newark that we talked about, the, the Sopranos prequel movie. Oh, yeah. Who was he playing? 
Is they, have they established who he is? Uh, yeah, he's going to... I believe he's going to be Tony's dad. Mm. I'm just not a huge fan of his. I don't want to get into it. <laughs> it's a waste of time. He's just... I don't know. He's... he's his his acting mannerisms and everything are about as predictable as Andrew Lincoln's are. Like when you see Coral, Coral, Coral. The way he points, <laughs> when he gestures at people, he points. He doesn't point at you. He kind of points down at your waist. <laughs> we gotta make this work. I gotta make this. Right. You know what, John? I just saw Maybe I, it's the what right John Bernthal was really good in, and he didn't have much of a part. The tank movie was he was very good in that. We've discussed it. I like how you always call it. It's a. It's not hard to remember the name of that film. It's Fury. The That's tank. it. Oh, the Angry Tank movie. Because you make it sound like there's a tank. There's Tank Girl. There's the Tank movie. Yeah. Anywho, you know the tank film with the tank film Bradley Pitt. Yeah, and, Bradley Pitt and uh, Shia LaBeouf. Sharia, Sharia LaBeouf. You mean Fury? You mean all those words you just spat out of your no, head but to get to Fury? What I really enjoyed him in, and it's again, it's not a very big part, was The Wolf of Wall Street. He plays the guy yes, that like, he I has like him absolute trust. Yeah. Like Jordan Belfort absolutely trusts yes, this guy. One of the best scenes in the movie. Like, send me this pen. Yeah. All right, you do me a favor. Write your name down on something. Uh, do you have a pen? There you go. <laughs> there you go. Supply and fucking demand. Where's the fucking ketchup? That's when he throws the... Three times I said it. Three fucking times. But I like it when he's working out. This is such a Jersey scene. He's in the yeah. backyard of his mom's house, of course. And he's lifting weights. And the dudes come to get their... What was he the kingpin of? Was it... I thought he sold, like, weed or something. No, no, no. Uh, Quaaludes. Oh, yeah. He was the Quaalude king. And uh, those kids are over there, and they're buying. He's like, where's your sister? Tell me you saw me, right? Tell her she'd come over. Let her watch. He just kisses his bicep. Let, let her watch. I do that all the time. Little Leah, I just flew. You want to watch? Just kiss the bicep. But he was very good in that. Speaking of things you you and Leah do all day the other day, I just kept saying, Oh, fucking. Up oh, fucking! Every time I pick V up, up oh, fucking! I did it. Uh, I was doing it because the girls and I were walking a lot of places, and there's lots of curbs. Like, all right, big step. Up oh, fucking! Up oh, fucking! <laughs> so while we're on this scene, which is one of these great Tarantino scenes, and mm-hmm. the opening scene of uh, Inglorious Bastards for here. For me, this is my first introduction into Christoph Waltz. Yeah, I, I, I had no and idea who this guy was before this. After this scene and this movie as a whole, I was like. I'm on board. Yeah. Whatever that guy's in, I'll watch it. I will say, he did have the most disappointing episode of Comedians in Cars Getting Coffee with Jerry Seinfeld. Yeah, but... It just seemed like a strange... I don't even blame him. It just seemed like a strange choice for Seinfeld to go after Christopher Waltz. Yeah. Now, that's not saying he didn't have a sense of humor, but it was like that extremely dry... Yeah. Austrian sense of humor. This was not the guffaw. Well, it reminds me of the time Adam Carolla interviewed the Dosakis guy, the most interesting man in the world. And Carolla does a 90-minute podcast, and most of it's with the interview guest. And by the end of that show, everyone, including those on the show, are like, that guy is definitely not the most interesting <laughs> man in the world. That guy, like, had one-word answers for every question and contributed nothing to the conversation. Yeah. like, hey, he's the most interesting man in the world. This will be a great show. Actually, no, not so much. Turns out he's really a dull human being. I, I don't. I have no empathy there. <laughs> Why did you think that a guy playing a role on a Dos Equis commercial was really the? Did you really? Did they really think this is going to be the most interesting? Ma- I've met homeless people that are far more interesting than well, actors. Corolla show, man show, beer, beer rep. I'm sure they thought like the guy that used to sell Dos Equis beer might be a good get. But he didn't. He, our, that dude doesn't brand. sell anything. Well, he's an actor. Know. 
and he was That's it. And his replacement was short lived. That sort of oh god, the young one, yeah, ugly cousin. Sure. <laughs> well, while, what I was saying about while we're on this, because you know, in this, you got Hans Landa, Christopher Waltz, Hans Landa, Hans Landa. You know, he's he's the Jew hunter, right? As they say. Well, I'll tell you. I, I told you when you asked earlier about topics. I, I have a good one. And it's not. It's about. It's. It revolves around the Super Bowl, but it's not related to football. We can get back to your new fandom later because I, I. I'm really struggling with it. Very jarring. It's the word that just keeps coming back. But anyways, we went to a Super Bowl party. It was a not a big affair. There's probably like eight or eight to ten people there. Maybe, maybe a few more. But the is at the guy's house that we discussed last pod. He did not hire any. Uh, Team ah, with white coats and servant racks. And but you took Tupperware items over. Actually, you would have been really appreciative of what I brought. They were all like making things and sending pictures of what people were bringing. And I was like, oh, I don't really feel like doing it, any of that. And I had a big stack of wad money in front of me because of the poker the night before. So I was like, I'm just going to go to Otters. Mm. I went to Otters and bought a, a 20 piece chicken strip. Oh, yeah, there's been plenty of times when Kristen's like, we need to bring something. I'm like, well, do we have time to get a Chick-fil-A nugget tray? Because who's going who, who's gonna to kick us out for bringing that? Yeah, I don't care if everything in there spent 12. I don't care if someone bases a turkey for 16 hours. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. Like, we could be going to Thanksgiving. Yeah. We'll bring a nugget tray. We'll got a nugget tray. And no one, yeah, it's like your point. No one's going to be like, well, what an asshole. <laughs> oh, Did you I even you. get Polynesian? Oh, I see you got Polynesian hair and mustard. I love you. <laughs> Oh, two large fries? All I did was bring green bean casserole. I'm such a piece of shit. It came from a can. I didn't even make it. The, the onions on top got burnt, so that burnt taste is going to permeate through the whole dish. Yeah, so I took my 20 strips over, and it was quite a thing, because he had gone fairly all out. I mean, it was, it was a good time. Anyways... All the dudes go down to his man cave, which is just impressive. I, I can't throw shade. It's he, Like I said, he's got three beer taps that he built himself. And you're not talking about Bud Light. He's got, like, Stella, Guinness, and some other. I think there was an IPA on tap that yeah. I, I, I clearly wasn't drinking. Um, so they're down there. They're playing two-person pool. I like pool, but I don't really, like, give a shit about it. If there was no one at the table, I don't, like... Reserve. Yeah, I'm not. I'm not putting quarters on the table. Yeah, if there's an open pool table, I'll play. But they were down there paying like twenty dollars a person. I was like, this is boring. The game. He did have a TV downstairs, but you know they're in the middle of their game. Yeah, I was like, oh, I'm gonna go out and make a plate of food. So I was like my fourth plate. Sadly, I, I went ham. I don't like anything that you can't get out of. Like when you start a game of eight ball pool. You're committed to being there for a little while. And especially when no one there is good, but they think they're good. Yeah. Like a professional pool game, if you've seen them on TV, lasts about a minute and a half. Yeah. No. These I, last yeah. 15, and I you got a bunch bar. of guys drinking more and more beer, yeah. and, they're, and they're taking the extra time to line up their shot, and everyone at the table knows you're not going to make that shot, <laughs> so you should just go up and, and hit the ball. they stop, and they reach right, and they the re- tip a little Because the chalk's going to do it. Yeah. It's not, yeah. Your, it's not your shitty geometry. <laughs> Or your fucked upness. Yeah. It's just the chalk that's going to get you home. Yeah, I'm only interested in things that are a, a, a escapable. Short bursts, yeah. or I can bail. Like my in-laws and Kristen will hate me for bringing this up, but my in-laws and their friends. There's this whole <laughs> massive group of people that play this card game called Pitch. 
Uh. And it's a, it's a, you have to play with an even number of people because you're essentially on a team with someone across from you, and it's some sort of numbers game. I've never bothered to learn it because I once sat and watched them play, and on like hour three, I was like, oh my god, <laughs> why are you still doing this? Excuse me, where's your noose? <laughs> It just goes on and on, and all of her relatives are like, you have to learn how to play. I'm like, no, I don't, because then I'll be stuck at this table for half a day. They have uh, family friends. That Is this a family-invented game? No, it's it's a very popular game in... Uh, Romania. Up north. Oh, okay. Because the people that play it, some of them are from uh, Massachusetts, upstate New York, New England. It's popular, I think, in that region. Mm. But I remember once we went to a house where they were doing. They invited us over, and what I didn't know going there was it was a tournament. They had a oh, game going. God, a pitch tournament. They had a game going upstairs. That's the game, only way it gets worse. <laughs> game going upstairs, game going downstairs, and then the winners of those games would play each other. And I was just like, "That's like we're talking like nine hours of no, no. I'm not. I'm not doing like this is the perfect time to learn because it's a long game. I'm like, yeah, no shit. I'm no. not. I'm. I'll drink the beer in the corner. No, I seriously, I'm gonna, I'm gonna put my tip, tip of my dick into a Coke can <laughs> and just I'm see if spin I can it. get the head yeah. in and then out without bleeding. <laughs> that sounds like pitch. <laughs> no, well, it's no shade at them, but I'm just like, I don't like doing anything that I can't go deal me out. Like you sit down, and you play poker, and all of a sudden, three hands in, you gotta take a shit, deal me out, and I'm out. Well, you don't. That's, well, we don't need to get into particulars there. So back to what I was saying. So I go upstairs. And that's where all the ladies are at. But that's also where the, the biggest screen television is, and there's places to sit. Mm. That's really all that mattered to me. Yeah, it was yeah. a nice, comfortable sofa and the rest of the game. It, it, if I had to sit there with the ladies, I was going to make it fun. So I was like, ladies, I'm with you. Let's do some girl chat. And they got a kick out of it because they were all drinking. Yeah, a little bit. <laughs> um, and we started talking, and, you know, I, I finished my plate. I had made another drink, came back, sat down. Don't remember the contextual start of what was coming. Don't remember how it got there. But we started talking about the commissioner of the National Football League, Roger Goodell. He's been to the new SunTrust Park. (laughs) (laughs) We're getting there. You're very close. I was just having a Facebook conversation about that. But there's this little blonde girl, deep southern accent. She's clearly had a few. She's covered herself in a blanket and is just laid back in this recliner. And she's like, yeah, but you know how that is. All the owners are just Jews. <laughs> now, listen, I'm not going to, I was certainly not sober. <laughs> but I certainly wasn't in that position of like, oh, you bitch. Because mm. it's kind of the old rap lyric with Andre Three Times. Just because I read a book or two doesn't mean I'm any better than you. Mm. Right? I do have more knowledge than you. Yeah. So I just simply said to her, I was like, can you? Say that again? What, what was your point? <laughs> uh, just trying to be cordial about it. It's just like the media and the banks. Yeah, well, she was like, well, you know how the Jews are. They just stick together and they have all the, they just control everything. And the, everything. That's what got me. I was like, really? Like, and all, you could see all the, right, I'm so what, go play pool. so what you saw, oh, no, no, no. This, this is like, if you were playing pitch, and one of the other players was like, it's just those dirty blacks. You'd be like, oh, yes, num, 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 num. Something <laughs> to distract me. Yeah, game. something to distract me from pitch. <laughs> so I, I knew that, uh, one, I don't know you, right? I don't know who you are. Mm-hmm. I mean, you're telling me who you are, but I don't know you. So I'm not going to come at you. Yeah. So well, I, I know it's not the same girl, but I'm just picturing the one who takes loads on her face and leaves it there. I, she's, I mean, add red hair. <laughs> 
But I remember even after she said it, the, the one thing that made me laugh, and only in my head, was our this bitch. This bitch just went xenophobic at the Super Bowl party. <laughs> like, it just immediately, like... This bitch has used the word globalist before. <laughs> so, I, I all I did, our, my friend Nicole, uh, Lance's wife, was sitting right next to me. And we kind of made co- eye contact, and you could tell she was like, please... Like, What's Leah's face looking like? Leah was not up there. She had oh. left early with the baby. This was about nine. <laughs> mm. So I just said, I, I just I don't want to go into this too much. That's literally what I said. I, I'm just going to end this here. I taught, I studied and taught Nazi Germany, Third Reich, and Holocaust history for three years. And I think it's really dangerous for you to kind of categorize an entire group of people as the Jews, yeah. quote unquote, mm-hmm. and then say that they control, quote unquote, everything, and yeah. that they're they're so tight knit. So I said, "Where are you from?" And she said, "Alabama." Mm-hmm. Okay, okay, this, okay. This is starting to. We're, we're seeing the symptomatics here. So I was just going to leave. I was like, "Yeah, I, I'm just saying. Like, you just got to be careful." Real quick, thoughts on universal health care? Because yeah. <laughs> I really, I really want her to be like, "Are you?" I want her to ask the question, "Are you Jewish?" Yeah. Because I was going to hit her with yes. And they just not say anything. Yeah. Just leave it. Like just the rare breed of fair-skinned blonde. I am the blonde, blue-eyed, fair-skinned Jew. Do you remember the movie Senior Trip? Where the <laughs> big guy's dream was to find a real Jap from China with blonde hair, and everybody looked confused. Eventually, he actually found a Japanese Chinese man with blonde hair, and I am that blonde, pale Jew. Big explanation, but you get what I'm saying. Yeah, but uh, and so you could. I mean. You could kind of see a recoil in her face because mm-hmm. I did this very nicely. I mean, you know what I'm capable of, the same as you. Yeah. Like, I could have totally said, you Alabama fucking bitch redneck, you dirty, xenophobic, dumb cunt. Yeah. Show and me just, your rebel flag tag. Seriously, where's your... It's probably on the small of your back. <laughs> is... Yep. Yep. There it is. Yes. So... I can see the the last load you took is sort of... It's crusty. It's bleached out. Yeah. yeah, The top bar is there. And so the thing was, I was at my friend's house. It was all about respect. I don't respect this woman. Yeah. But I was at my friend's house. I'm not going to do that Mm. at at my friend's house with his wife's friends who I don't know. So I just simply said... Yeah, you're not on Facebook. Right. I just simply said, "Just just be cautious of, of tying an entire group of people into one quote-unquote, the Jews. Also, I'm not certain that there are many NFL team owners who are, in fact, right. Jewish. And that was my point. She's the like, Cowboys but aren't they? Comes so, <laughs> well, so she said, and that's my, she was talking about more of the commissioners because she, she referenced the NBA, and she's not wrong. Daniel Stern, Adam Silver, these are Jewish guys. But they're incredibly profitable. Mm-hmm. So what's the problem? Yeah. Right? And I'm sorry that these guys happen to be Jewish. That doesn't mean, like, it's not like there's a Jew selection committee when every yeah. time the commissioner retires, well, everybody get together. It's time to choose a new commissioner. <laughs> I love that we have all this free time. Thank God our wives are out there robbing people. Also, Arthur, thank you for bringing the brisket. It's lovely. <laughs> now we're going to take the first rounds of voting. No, but it people was, think this is a boys' club when in reality our wives were all out <laughs> robbing businesses. It's the greatest cover in the world. <laughs> but she, so what? Blame what I blame it on the blacks. 
So what I started to do was just disengage from it, and I would, I would talk about the game. Because, again, it was nothing but women in the room. And what was funny was that whenever there was a break in the conversation, I'd, I'd, I'd shoot over, I'd look at her, and she's looking at me like, yeah, but she was trying, now she's really trying to backtrack it. She's like, I know, I just, I, did, I grew up in a place that we didn't have any black people and we didn't have any Jews. And, and I wanted to, uh, finally, I just, I chose, I was like, it's okay. Like, for real, we've moved on. Yeah. Like, I'm not going to engage in this with you. Yeah. Nothing about tonight's conversation. You're not going to wake up tomorrow morning and be like, I was wrong about the Jews and the blacks. I need to read a book. I need laser tattoo removal on this rebel flag. <laughs> this bitch doesn't know anything about you. This bitch doesn't even know what this SS tattoo means. <laughs> That's a fun new character. <laughs> the southern this bitch. The woke this bitch. The woke this bitch. Southern woke this bitch. <laughs> this bitch doesn't even know that when I said Negro the other day, it might be considered a <laughs> I really, this bitch actually did think his name was Martin Luther King. <laughs> You can edit that out if it makes you uncomfortable. <laughs> That's the woke this bitch. This bitch used to actually think that separate water fountains was a good idea. <laughs> I literally thought segregation was all for the best. Self-referential self woke <laughs> southern, southern this bitch. Southern this bitch. <laughs> <laughs> this bitch was convinced by her boyfriend this frog thing was just an innocuous tattoo. It's <laughs> my favorite way to ask that Why now. Are you like if Albert's crying, I like go into Cousin Eddie when the turkey's overdone. Why are you crying? Why are you crying? <laughs> so she keeps trying to re-engage. No, that's, I, basically, that's it. I just chose, I was like... I. Because it, it, it got kind of awkward because this was 20 minutes after the the one 30-second interchange. Mm. But she, it literally every, like if a, if a break in the conversation happened, mm. uh, if there was a commercial that wasn't entertaining enough to keep everybody's attention, which most of them sucked. Many of them. Yeah. The cake one with all the football players in there. That was pretty there. cool. It was a good commercial. But in general, it was just... Every single time she tried to get, she was trying to say, that's not me. But I was like, bitch, that is you. <laughs> you are that bitch. Yeah. And I'm not even, not holding you accountable. This is not what this is about. I'm just not going to sit. So I sent, I got home, texted Nicole, who was sitting right next to me. I said, like, hey, I just want to thank you. You being there and flashing me the eye contact was probably the one thing that just reminded me that this is not my house. I need to be respectful. And it allowed me to show some discretion and not be a total asshole. But I, when I definitely was ready. I mean, I was like, like pulled out the big guns and was ready to just blast this bitch with all types of facts and history. You know, Jesus was a Jew. Yeah. You know who else is one of those? That would have been, you know who else is one of those Jews? Jesus. That's why I don't go to church or synagogue. I go to, to Moss. Alaikum, motherfuckers. <laughs> but she responded. She, it turns out, and I found this out the next morning as well because Leah had been long in bed. That was not the first. Hmm. She had besmirched some black people. I don't know. I don't know the context. I haven't heard the story yet. 
But Nicole said, well, I was just so happy you said something because for 30 minutes she had been saying some of the most ridiculous shit. And no, she was like, it's it's bad when no— You know why they got all these black men in the NFL? It's because they got an extra leg muscle. <laughs> yeah. She was saying that it was bad. I believe in phrenology. No one was addressing what she was saying. Mm-hmm. And she was like, that's almost as if— it's That is as bad as if someone actually joins in that kind of dumbass conversation yeah. and doesn't call it for what it is. And she, Nicole— Kind of did, but also didn't. It's the Super Bowl party. Yeah. This isn't. This isn't the local book club. This isn't your local get so, together where you're trying to change hearts and minds. She was saying that the silence would made them complicit more or less by not saying anything. Right, and that's why she was like, "No, no, don't don't thank me. Thank you for for saying something to her, mm-hmm. for challenging her to say and like." Who was she there with? Her her husband who was downstairs playing pool and was a. I mean, he seemed like a nice enough guy, but I could tell you he's a fucking nitwit. I mean, I, I look. Mm. Let's be honest with each other. We, we, you meet all types of different people at parties. Mm. I can tell you within three minutes, sometimes less, <laughs> if this guy's a nitwit. Yeah. And I knew very fast. And he was funny, but he was a nitwit. Mm. Yeah, you can quickly identify in social gatherings nitwits, weirdos, mm-hmm. and, and like I remember I went to a, a business. Uh, a business-related sort of networking thing once, and the first guy I met with was like, oh, you don't have a lot of friends, do you? (laughs) Of course, I didn't say that to his face, but I'm like, you're getting awfully chatty with someone you don't know, and I'm just picking up a whole... When Before I knew that he was the boyfriend to, uh, you know, Lady Grand Dragon, um... (laughs) He brought. She's the one in the Klan outfit with the governor in Virginia. That's, yeah, that's what it is. Wasn't him. Wasn't him. Wasn't him. But uh, when when he they brought two friends that no one knew. There was no connection. They just brought two of their friends. Party which foul. it is what it is. I think they told them they were going to bring another couple, and it actually turns out that couple was kind of cool. The girl was actually a big fan of football. Mm. She knew what she was talking about. Me and her shared a lot of good conversation. I actually liked the girlfriend of the friends that no one knew. But her okay. her boyfriend comes in. When I tell you he was wearing a baby gap shirt, so he put they're, 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 Taylor's t shirt. Oh, this look a marathon runner shouldn't. I, I, someone running in the French, what's that biking thing that Lance Armstrong cheated the fuck on? Mm. The bikes, uh, the Grand Prix, the, the French. Uh, Tour de France. Tour de France. There there are riders in the Tour de France that would say that shirt's too tight. <laughs> It makes me think there's a great joke in an early episode of Letterkenny when a guy gets out of his uh, Jeep and the rednecks, the hicks of the show, are like, it's a nice muscle shirt, bro. The muscle, muscle's coming later. <laughs> well, that was your boys. Yeah. Was that's, that's what they... I see you got the muscle shirt. Muscle's coming tomorrow. <laughs> I love that scene. Within the context of the show, there are the hicks, which are the main guys, mm-hmm. the nerds, the hockey players, et cetera. So that's why I... You're like a despair. walking advertisement for Letterkenny. I, are you done so I can start watching? I Interrupted. Yeah. Okay. You, like I said, you can just make your own profile and do whatever you want. I, I, I'm lazy and I don't know technology and I just don't shut the fuck up. <laughs> lazy recognizes lazy. Yeah, we can smell our own. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, you're you're lazy. <laughs> but that that was my uh, Super Bowl night. Racism slash xenophobic slash mm. anti-Semitic. Our uh, our Super Bowl was good. I made my wings. That I you fry I, them up. Yeah, fry them up. I took the fryer over to mom and dad's house. I took fifty wings from the fresh market, fresh you know fresh wings, 
did them in batches because the fryer's not very big, so I was keeping them warm in the oven on a low temperature in between batches. Once they were all fried, to make sure there's not a single one that's not crispy, threw them all back in the fryer for two, three minutes, re-fried them again. Tossed them all in the sauce. Everybody made plates. Okay. I got high praise. Don't be a homer. Give your own rating. Of my wings? Mm -hmm. I don't know. I, I Give an honest... You know, I do. Nine five. Dude. My mom said these are wings are better than any wings I've ever had in a restaurant anywhere. I don't like it. <laughs> and I said the same thing to Kristen. Uh, the, the last time I made him at home, I said, I love the Wing Ranch, but if you ask me tomorrow, choose between the Wing Ranch wings or, or your own, I would never go back to the Wing Ranch. I mean, I want to believe you here. I do. I really, Kristen really said the do. same. She said, and uh, she likes them a lot. She she said the second time I made them, she said, "I don't want to go to the Wild Wing Cafe anymore. I'd rather you just make these. These are well, yeah. The Wild Wing so Cafe sucks, but I want to. I, I need you to understand. I'll have to, I'll have to make them sometime, and you can give them a rating. I, and I will. I'll be I more than happy to give you I an honest rate. Nine five. I don't do numbers like you do. All I'm saying is, if I had to choose tomorrow, like, hey, one wing recipe. Nine now, five. Yeah. Think about that. You're leaving yourself very little room. I'm comparing them to all the wings I've ever had. In your life, you're saying this is your, your best. Now, look. The best. I believe that you're saying this is the best wing you've ever had. Mm, that's what nine, I'll say. Five. I, I just can't even. Uh, and I'll say this. I'd give the Wing Ranch uh, an 8-7. What's a solid rating for the Wing Ranch? I, you know, the thing about Wing Ranch lately. Hmm. The chicken... I had like a 7.9 wing there not so long ago. The thing that I said, their sauces are always on point. The thing, having now... If you ever buy fresh meat at the fresh market and then buy the same kind of meat somewhere else, you will immediately realize that you are now spoiled on what you get from the fresh market. Mm -hmm. The wings I buy are local chicken, uh, corn-fed, no antibiotics, blah, 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 blah. When I fry them, even though I over-fry them a bit to really crisp up the outside, they fall off the bone. Mm. But they are still super crispy and fried. I had Wing Ranch last week, and it was delicious, but I had to work to get the meat off the bone. Mm-hmm. And that sort of gaminess that comes with that texture... I know you don't like that. ...was a turnoff. Yeah. So I was like, if I had to choose one wing from now on, it's the ones that I'm making with the sauce recipe I follow, which, according to the internet, is the true buffalo... Sauce and my friend from Buffalo volunteers that hey, you want to make them sometime? I'll try them and let you know how authentic they are in terms of Buffalo, New York. But yeah, I mean, I would give the Wing Ranch an eight seven. I'd give the wings that I like at Wild Wing Cafe an eight nine. But I, I go with their funky flavors. Nine five. Wow. I give my wings a nine five. Hey, you know, you do you, bud. Uh, the Monopole in uh, Plattsburgh, New York. Those wings, I'd give an eight five. Those are really good wings too. I don't know what that means. You'll, but. Never, you'll never get there. Yeah. But I made my wings. Mom made some barbecue sliders. She also made a dip that I don't think Ooh, I am. I've had those sliders. She had them at the the fifth birthday party. Yeah, same ones. Very, very good. She made very a, vinegary. She's got yeah. her grandfather's sauce concept down. She made a chili and cheese dip that I don't think anybody ended up eating because we all kind of gorged on wings and barbecue yeah. when the game started. And it was like, I don't want any dip now. Yeah. Um, but there was plenty of food to choose from. The girls ate. The girls uh, enjoyed the day or the game. They didn't really enjoy the game. They watched a little bit. They no. they came out to say go Rams and go football a few times. That's what I Albert think says. The, uh, go football! 
Defensively, I enjoyed the game. I was like, <laughs> <laughs> please stop. This is becoming far too jarring. Well, what I'm what I'm getting at is everybody that I heard talk about the game, whether it was on the radio, shit I'd see on Facebook, people in person, like out and about, just expected the Patriots to slaughter the Rams and for it to be some ridiculously high score. You know, the thing is, they actually did. You can look at the 13 to three. Lowest scoring Super Bowl in the history of Super Bowls. I know that people down in Australia, Matt and Perth, are so excited to hear about this. <laughs> but um, they did slaughter them. Okay. They never. They, there was never a point in that game, especially after the first quarter. I mean, never. Mm-hmm. Where I said, "Oh, the Rams will surely score a touchdown." You could just tell. You give Bill I, Belichick yeah. two weeks. Yeah. To game plan. I would agree with that, but the thing that I keep hearing on the radio is that game was a defensive head coach versus a defensive coach. I mean, no, no, Sean not, Sean, McVay, not Sean McVay, is, his defensive coordinator, who uh, is who is Wade, equal. Wade in, Phillips, yeah, Wade is, Phillips, who is equal in age, pretty much. To, to I think uh, he's older. They've been in the game an equal amount of time. They're both defensive. Coaches. I mean, hell, Wade's dad, Bum, is one of he's he's an NFL legend. Right, that's a family of, well, of the thing that people. the thing that I kept hearing was, I mean, the Rams defense. Did a hell of a job. The Rams offense didn't show up to play, basically, which I think was proof in the pudding. Yeah, they got 13 points. Two more field goals. Tom Tom Brady managed to throw one Sony good pass. Sony getting that one touchdown. To throw one good pass and get one touchdown. No, Sony. They didn't get no, no. Tom didn't have a touchdown pass. The only touchdown right, game was, was Sony Michelle, right? Our Georgia boy up the gut. What I meant to say was he had one good pass that really kind of people made note of. The yeah. Rams defense. That and Julian Edelman, the great. The, the great greatest Jew wide receiver, Jewish wide receiver in the history of the NFL. You mean Julian Reutelman. <laughs> yeah, we can talk about that. <laughs> I, we, can, we can talk about his cheating as well. Well, no, I just I was, I was looking at him all throughout the game, and I was like, this guy looks like a miniature Scott Steiner. What's going on here? <laughs> he definitely has and the I Hickman just, beard. So I just Googled it, and I was like, Julian Edelman's steroid scandal. I was like, well, there you go. Yeah. Nothing against the guy, but uh, I was like, there's... He's flexing a little hard there in his extra tight uniform. <laughs> hey, I, I don't. The thing about the the P efficiency uh, though. The what do they call it? The steroids now. PEDs, performance enhancers, or whatever. Yeah. I. Everyone does it. Yeah. There might be ten percent that don't, and they might not be using. They might even find the new wave of stuff that the NFL doesn't even know about yet. Right. They just got caught. Yeah. That's it. I don't care. And, I, and that, Exactly. Look, there's great Daniel Tosh stand-up, and I'm not a huge – he's kind of dwindled for me. I still watch Tosh point over from time to time. I still find the man funny. Right. But in his early days, he had wonderful stand-up. He's like, yeah, I don't give a fuck. I want them to run faster, jump higher. They hate life after sports anyway. Let's go. <laughs> like, it doesn't fucking matter. I, I want to – so what? You got knocked out, and you're, you know, you're a vegetable for the rest of your life. Yeah, whatever. Make the catch. <laughs> but I really don't like. I just don't care. The the because for anybody to say that there's honesty in sports, you're not ever been reticent to how sports work in America. Yeah. You don't have to go. It's not like you have just a couple isolated incidents. You had the NBA referee, that one guy that was fixing games, right? And they found out, and he found, and he tells them everyone was doing it. Mm-hmm. Jose Canseco busted for steroids. What does he do? He goes in front of Congress and says, here's the players that are doing it. Boom, 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 boom. <laughs> Everybody. Everybody. The 1990s? Yeah. Baseball? I was going to say, speaking of baseball. Oh, the Bear Jew. The Bear Jew. Ooh, hard J, bro. Hard J. 
Don't show this at the Super Bowl. Yeah. See, this is a Jew. <laughs> <laughs> this is more akin to what you are. When right? I watched this in the theaters, uh, this was such a satisfying film. Do you know that? Yeah, watching a Nazi get his brains beat brains out, beat out with a ba- with by, a Louisville by, slugger, yeah, by a with big a baseball by bat, a big like New York Bronx Jew is so satisfying. And he does too. Just uh. oh no, he says Fenway Park. I forget. Yeah, he's that. from Boston. He's from oh. Boston. Oh, oh. Yeah, I'd be if if they haven't already shit themselves, they're they're gonna shit themselves soon. Yeah, I would have already happen. done it. <laughs> yeah, I'd be shitting my pants if I was you. Uh, the thing about this film, this is why we're on the the rare occasion where we actually talk about what we're watching. This is the only time in uh, film history that Hitler was killed on screen. Right, I knew that. Yeah, and killed brutally. Yeah, I mean, like you watch his face get mutilated. With it was a, a it was a German Gavar. It was a German machine gun, just putting many many bullet holes into him. But and what I also found interesting is that the first screening was in Berlin. Of this movie, mm-hmm. <laughs> and it was a packed house. They had two screenings, and they had to turn hundreds and hundreds of people away. They depicted Hitler dying. Historically, in Downfall, which came before this, yeah, but you—it's not on camera. It's not. Well, you see him. You see the poisoning, but you don't see the end game. You just Mm. find out he died. My big—the biggest problem with Downfall is it's actually factually a good film, Mm. and it's well acted. But when they started doing the memes, and they started doing the things we're adding. That Burger King was better than McDonald's, <laughs> and he, he had, they would do the, the transcripts. Yeah, the Xbox over the PlayStation. I was like, man, y'all don't get this. Yeah. You're just taking something. You think it's funny, and it's just not. Even though it kind of is. Sometimes <laughs> they were kind of funny. Yeah, I think it's a great movie. Nothing will, in my opinion, nothing will. Uh, sort of sober you up more than watching uh, Goebel's wife uh, kill all her children kill all her kids with the cyanide capsules five of them it's like uh, we're not going to be a national socialist uh, Nazi Germany anymore so I don't want you to grow up without yeah. Hitler we're all going to we're going to me and your dad are going to kill ourselves so it's best if y'all just eat this capsule and they don't even know nope. that, that part of the movie is just like good god the fact that they, they think they're getting medicine yeah and they're being administered their death have you seen... It's on Hulu, so you can watch it for freebies. Uh, have you seen Death of Stalin? Uh-uh. It is so good. Uh, I, it's the comedy one. Yeah, yeah, it's a comedy, but it's depicting true events in history about around the death of Stalin and the power vacuum that was created when he died with his closest... With the, one of the funniest parts of the movie is once he's dead, watching all his closest uh, cabinet members pretend to be upset. Yeah. Well, no. Because they, um, they're still living in this umbrella of, I have to overact for Stalin so I don't end up getting yeah. murdered or put to it. Um, and even though he's dead, they're still faking for him. Right. I read a, a really <laughs> uh, very well-written um, journal, and I think it was the one of the historical magazines talking about the... Um, the scene in Red Square the day after Stalin died. Mm. So you had hundreds of thousands of people. Right. And the the camera footage that is not really readily available, but all the witness statements were saying everyone was weeping. Mm. And they were so outwardly sad. So your Western journalists were looking at this like, man, they really are sad about this. Right. But the same psychologically that was happening to his minions right. that were close to is what they were doing. Right. We have to overact this. And there was, he also wrote that 
many of the tears among those hundreds of thousands were genuine. It just appeared to be remo- it, it, it appeared to be sadness, but it was actually much more happiness. Yeah. Even though they could never have known, it really wasn't right. going to get that much better. I've watched it twice. I watched it on the plane on the way to L.A. last summer, and I actually watched it again yesterday, and it is fantastic. Yeah, I've been I've been well mean I've been meaning to do it. Um, just haven't. It's a little brutal at times because even though it is a comedy, they are depicting history uh, in an accurate way. Mm-hmm. Um, so it's a little violent and brutal at times, but it's also well, as it hilarious. should be. Look, somebody asked me. It's a great mix. Of someone, the two. someone knew my my historical interest, and they asked me who was worse, Stalin or Hitler. And I said I don't really want to play this game, but I will tell you this: Hitler was a charlatan. This man would sleep, and he was he was Trump. He would. Not, I'm not making the comparison between the two. I'm just saying that they didn't do anything. They weren't active. Yeah. Like Hitler would watch. Germany is the greatest Germany right. now that it's ever he, been. He would watch American films. He loved American films until right. all hours of the night, and then sleep till twelve, and have his one meal as a vegetarian, mm. and then he'd casually nap. He was known to nap throughout the day. Yeah. He he wasn't an, actively being evil. He was just evil. Mm. Right. And the people around him were the ones that were far more evil. Because they were, they figured if you placate up to the to the Führer, right? Because he never really gave a command. That's right. the thing people don't understand. He never said, uh, "Let's start the final solution." He never said, uh, "Let's open Auschwitz, Birkenau, and Treblinka, right. and so forth." He would just say, "You know what would be good? Like around a dinner party, like me and you talk. You know what would be really good? If maybe I think we should build a wall. I think we should. I think we should just <laughs> kill these Jews. I don't know how to do it. I just think it'd be a good idea." And someone at that table would say, "Okay, I'm on it." This is my way of advancing up. Yeah. The alternative is that Stalin was fucking active. This man slept yeah. like sometimes less than two hours a night. His staffers were always afraid to leave, and they wouldn't leave until he just saw his light in his office go off. Which they, was depict, some, they depict that in the movie. Like, they're they're done. They've had a meal together. It's late. It's like one in the morning. And as they're all saying goodnight, Stalin goes, who wants to watch an American cowboy film? Yeah. And they're all just like... Uh, that sounds great. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I don't want that's what works. But this man, like pen in hand, wrote murder lists. Right. Those to send to the gulag. This mm. man was calculated, and his well, yeah, his his evilness was much more applied. Yeah, and the, they depict all this in the movie. You'll see it. It's not spoiling much. In the very beginning, when there there's new lists going out, and they're sending people out from the N- NKVD. I think they were yeah. called. And Beria, who's in charge of that, he hands one of his guys the list. He says, all right, kill him, but kill his wife first. Make sure he sees, then kill him. Yeah. And then, all right, you go. And then, and it's yeah. just, it's like, holy shit. Yeah, he, he, his was a much more calculated evil. And I don't, so I don't know how you judge it. I don't, I don't think you, you could, it's apples to oranges, in my opinion. You're, one, you're, one can only hope that there is a hell, and they're both getting pineapples shoved up their ass on a daily basis. Little Nicky. Yeah. yeah, for sure. I don't, I don't know. I hope so, too, but... Uh, <laughs> Yeah, it's just a, it's just not a comparison you can make. They they both, I think Stalin, it, probably k- killed more people at his discretion. Yeah, I mean if you go back to the pogroms of the directly, you mean right? If yeah. you go back to the pogroms of the twenties and thirties and how he starved his own people mm. even before he allowed. Well, should they talk about this in the movie when he he isn't quite dead? He's had a stroke and he's partially alive. And like, we need to get a doctor. And like, well, we sent all the good doctors in Moscow to the camps. <laughs> like, 
like, so what are you saying? Like, well, the only doctors left in Moscow are bad doctors. <laughs> and he's like, are you saying that we should get a bad doctor for, for Stalin? Stalin? He's like, well, and Steve Buscemi says, well, here's, look, we get a bad doctor. If he cures him, then he's a good doctor. <laughs> and if he doesn't, he'll never know any fucking better. I had no idea Steve Buscemi was in this. He's Khrushchev. Oh, that's horrible casting. It's I mean, good. I'm going to see it because it's they Steve Buscemi. Nose, okay. Nose up. Uh, and, Khrushchev? Uh, yeah. Do they make him look fat? Yeah. Okay. And uh, God, uh, I'm gonna go home and watch this tonight. If you told me that you could have let out with that, Steve Buscemi is Khrushchev. Is Khrushchev. You'll recognize a lot of people. I can't. Uh, what's the dad from Arrested Development? He's. Um, oh yeah, the guy that plays the tra- trans American guy. Yeah. yeah, the trans American. Mm-hmm. He, he's Malakoff. Um, uh, one of the guys from Monty Python is in it. He's Molotov. Wow. Um, Michael Palin. Yeah, yeah, Sir Michael Gallagher. Palin. Sir Gallagher, you know, he's actually... He's a, he, he does he, voiceovers and... and uh, yeah, he's actually really famous in England, too. He did a... He was famous for many years in the 70s, 80s, and early 90s for a travel show. Yeah, he's, he's being knighted soon. Yeah. Did you know that? I did. It's funny that he's being knighted because John Cleese was interviewed by Mark Maron on his podcast back around the holidays... And the subject of being knighted came up, and he's like, that's not for me. He said, Palin will get one eventually. <laughs> and it's like, you, you cut to the news a couple of months later, like, Michael Palin to be knighted. It's like, holy shit. And he's like, it's because of the, all the TV. One, one doing, of, my, one of my favorite shows is uh, An Idiot Abroad. It's Carl Pilkington, and I've seen Rick, some Ricky Gervais produced it. And uh, he, they send him to India, and the whole point of the show from Ricky's perspective is to take this little Englander out of his comfort zone right. and then to poke him with a stick <laughs> in front of millions of people and just bother him. And he, they send him to India, and they, they, they're going to this hotel, and he's like, this is nice. Yeah, nice. But then it starts to get seedy. They mm. just keep driving past the nice yeah. into real India. And they're like, what the fuck are we going and they pull up and they, this is the hotel and they, they Michael Palin one of the producers you never see they, Michael Palin said fucking I win 30 years ago and it's just this <laughs> shit dump and there's right outside of Carl's room or outside the front door is a piano <laughs> what the fuck are they gonna start playing tonight at like 2am he's just so frustrated the bed was made of like it was like brick no padding it was just wonderful I love that show if you, if you haven't seen it Idiot Abroad give it a chance sure uh, what's is it on HBO uh, it was on Netflix, but if it's not on Netflix anymore, you can watch it on YouTube, Unstoppable. And he has a new show called The Moaning of Life, because that's what they, like, over there in England, they don't call it complaining, it's called whinging, <laughs> or moaning. That's what they would say, complaining. So right. he, the name of the new show was The Moaning of Life. He actually came to Atlanta for that one because he's bald and he's in Atlanta for a minute and they give him a yeah. really fancy hairpiece. You can tell where they're at. They're right in Midtown. I don't know where the shop is at, but you can see him walking down Centennial Olympic Parkway and he's got his, he goes to get his hair. And I got to tell you, if I was bald, I'd feel, and uh, from Atlanta, I'd yeah. feel really good knowing that there's somewhere I could go because Carl really liked it. And for him to like anything, <laughs> I mean anything, but his That's girlfriend good. of like 20 years is like, nope. Nope, I don't. That you not on board. No, because I mean it makes sense. Sure, you want a head of hair, but you mm. want to meet the head of hair, right. and and have twenty years with a head of hair. Not know a bald man for twenty years, fall in love with bald man mm. who's constantly complaining anyway, and probably making your life miserable. But you get used to it. <laughs> now he goes off and gets a four thousand dollar hair piece that looks immaculate. Sure. No, 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 no. Let's. Uh, I have. I've drank a lot of water. Let's take a pee break. Safe sex. Safe sex.
Well, I'll let you segue that. PP is over. I'm not ready to segue yet. I want to talk more about the movie. I like that we both just discovered our mutual favorite Christoph Waltz line of "Wait for the cream." Wait for the cream. And then when it comes out and they spoon it, please don't. Oh no! But doesn't it? No. See, that's my biggest. Look, while that's my favorite line from this film, mm-hmm. when he scoops it, so much falls off the spoon and it never gets eaten. And then when it, the next time you see it, he's tamping his German cigarette into well, that's it. that's true. I oh, there's just little things in movies, bro, that drive me fucking crazy. I understand that it upsets you that some of the creme falls. But yeah, but it's like... The he, sight oh. of fresh, fresh whipped cream, just the sight of it going onto her pie or whatever they have. What are Dude, they it's a strudel. Strudel. I couldn't remember. Just the sight of it, like uh, southbound down the street, they make fresh whipped cream for their pies, God. and it's so good. I remember the first time I got their pecan pie, he's like, do you want the whipped cream? And I'm like, eh, I'm good with that. He said, we make it here. like, all right, yes, yeah. I want some. In fact, it was getting it to go, and he's like, we'll just put it in one of those little cups because it'll run if we put it on the pie. I was like, well, if you're making a batch for me, go ahead and give me two or three of those cups. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I want a big bite of fresh creme in every bite of pie. I like to, when I was in Paris, I like to think... I was I was having a strudel and I was thinking to myself like that classic shitty American that would show up in Paris mm-hmm. and they order a strudel and their mind they're thinking toaster strudel right because they're shitty that's not what it is no <laughs> not at all and I bet when the real strudel comes out hot piping delicious with fresh la creme mm-hmm. they're probably like what the fuck is this I'm looking for the flat rectangular wild berry. <laughs> In a toaster. In a toaster. With that perfect S-shaped drizzle Where's on the top. packets? I thought I was going to be able to do the packet. Where's my purple packet? That's one thing about Leah's grandmother. She had a friend, and this is what happens when you get old, I guess. I can't verify that this is what happens to every old person. But her, 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 her grandmother's friend, who was probably like in her late 80s, was eating unchristlike amount of toaster strudels. I think it was like breakfast, lunch, and dinner. And if it was breakfast, it probably meant it was like after lunch, snack, and then after dinner, dessert. I wake up and Listen, I have a toaster I, strudel. I, I don't, I I'm not even trying to make a joke a to you. pizza pop-tart. What were those things they called? All, they're all terrible. The pizza, but it was a pizza in a toaster strudel. It was a pizza pop-tart. I remember it what? had a name. You don't remember that? I do not. It was a toaster strudel, but it had pizza filling. Ew. God, well, I'd eat it. Let's not, like, yeah, I was going to say that. I'm pretty sure Hot Pocket made it. Yeah, they probably did. Hot Pocket. I think it was called a pizza tart or something. Well, anyways, for whatever reason, she only liked the strudel. She didn't like the packets with that icing, which is just sugar. Mm -hmm. So I don't know why she thought someone else would want these, but she would save. and And, like, every so often, not every week or two, not even, oh, wait for the cream. Uh, she would come over or send Leah's grandmother home with an entire toaster strudel box of icing, just the icing packets. And then they would go into our freezer and then sit there until inevitably six months. We were like, can we fucking throw these shits away? <laughs> we don't have anything to put. No, look, it's not. You save. Let's talk, get creative. Listen, you're like, let's make a cookie sandwich. No, no, because that's not cookie sandwich material. <laughs> no, listen, cupcake. if you go to if every time I go to Taco Bell and lately I'm making too many runs for the bell, bro. But anyways, I've been going there a lot, too. I'm trying. I like the Crunch Wrap Supreme because of the soft and the crunch. Yeah. But I want that in a burrito shape. Sure. I need to find a burrito that's crunchy in the middle. Oh, God, it looks so good. So good looking. 
I honestly don't right know. Right there. That. See how it oh, drives me crazy. He still gets a good bit. That's just, but that couldn't, it wouldn't have been that It's going to end up with a cigarette in it anyways. Anyways. So I honestly don't know what you, real when I, is. When I, when I, it's, let's not get into this fucking shit. When I go to Taco Bell, I always grab, I always, my thing is I actually look around, right? I go to the, the stand where all the uh, sauces are. Can I have a Doritos Locos? No, no, I'm not talking about what I'm ordering. I'm very open with my order. I don't give a shit. Right. Give me one of everything. This is not a judge. If you're eating at Taco Bell, there's no. This is a no judgment zone. Give me one of everything, fresco style. That'll be seven dollars. Awesome. Yeah. <laughs> so, I'm talking about post order when you have your ticket, and then you go to the or you have your bag of food if you wait, which I do because I'm trying to be subtle. You'll understand why in a second. When you go to the the sauce packet area. You got your mild and your hot and your fire. Now they have a new one, which sucks, by the way. It's not even any good. Fuego? I don't know what it's called, but it's not fucking good. I'm a, I'm, a fi- I'm a fire guy. I like the chunkiness of the fire salsa. Okay. So I love that sauce so much, and I found different applications for it, from eggs to chicken sandwiches. Mm. Not just Mexican food. I just love that fucking sauce. Mm. That I'll, look, I'll do the look around slowly. Left and right. This isn't a visual. Medium. I know, but I, I can sell it. <laughs> and then I literally dump the entirety of my hand. Yeah. One gigantic, probably 30 packets. Mm. Put it in the bag, and then I go back. Oh, good. Because they sell it at Kroger. It's fairly cheap, but it doesn't taste the same when it comes right. in the glass bottle. Right. And I can't really portion it out the way I wanted to do it, you know? It's like Coca-Cola and McDonald's versus Coca-Cola and a can. Exactly. It's not the same. But I always feel like, I don't really care, because Taco Bell, I don't know how much they pay for these things. Probably like nine cents a pop. I really don't They're not hurting for it. They're not hurting for it. I'm the same way at Chick-fil-A. But I literally will walk out with 60 60 packets of Taco Bell fire sauce. I'm the same way at Chick-fil-A. My dad, will he'll easily put away four or five packets of mayo in one Chick-fil-A sandwich. Awful. He loves his Chick-fil-A mayo. And sometimes I forget to grab that many. So whenever I order in, I always go over there and get at least two fistfuls of mayo packets to keep in the fridge here. Mm. And is it just, is it, does he just, I mean, clearly he likes mayo, so I'm not asking that question. Mm. But it, does he, is it something particular about Chick-fil-A mayo? No, he just, give me a number one, uh, at least four or five packets of mayo. But he doesn't, no barbecue sauce? No. Just mayo? Mayo, pickles. pickles probably salt sandwich. and pepper on the mayo. Hmm. If I know him well enough, he probably gets he probably has some salt and pepper packets in his desk. Probably hits it with one of those. That is so interesting. But when I do that, I'll go ahead and take stock of everything. I'll get a good clump of napkins for if and when we run out of paper towels. I'll grab ketchups. I'll grab lots of salt and pepper. Um, spoons. Straws. Yep. Spoons. Oh, yeah, silverware. When we run out of plasticware here, I just go to the Chick-fil-A and get like a biscuit and then a fistful of plasticware. <laughs> Yellow, as, yellow long as, on, as long as we're on, as long as we're on fast food, I, I went. Uh, Sean hates McDonald's, and when we eat together, but he loves McDonald's breakfast. I am, I am liking this guy just less, less and, and less. less. Trust me, it doesn't get better with time. But uh, he's still my friend. But he doesn't like McDonald's any other time other than breakfast. That's the worst time for McDonald's. Oh uh, well, we're gonna get there. So I don't like McDonald's breakfast. Um, so many other choices are better. Yeah. And but I went with him the other day. I need a Wendy's for breakfast. And they I, don't even serve breakfast. They do. And mm-hmm. I went there with him and I was really hungry. It was like nine thirty. So I didn't want to spend a lot of money. This was pre poker winnings. And I was like, shit. Oh, okay. The sausage biscuit, simple. One dollar. I got two of them motherfuckers. I put a packet of grape jelly on each of them. Heaven. 
the sausage biscuit for a dollar at McDonald's is fucking heaven. Now listen. I'm gonna have to take, not talk for a minute so I can keep the vomit in my Shut up. In my take body. into account that I was just really hungry, right? Mm-hmm. That was probably more indicative of what I was feeling. But if you haven't had a sausage biscuit, take the jelly off if you want. But if you haven't had a sausage biscuit from McDonald's in a while. I don't like breakfast sausage patties, period. Okay. Well, then, yeah, <laughs> this would never work for you. I'm a bacon, egg, and cheese biscuit guy wherever I go. I don't like breakfast. Where's your go-to? I like, I like breakfast sausage links. Just so we can really alienate and, and really bore our listeners to death. Where do you go for your bacon, egg, and cheese? I like breakfast sausage links. I yeah, you and Leah both. That's fucking stupid. I don't like the patties. I don't, you, like, I don't like the pepperiness wa- of Waffle them. House patties are amazing. You don't like those? I don't like the pepperiness of breakfast sausage. Mm. It's, I don't, I'm not a fan. You just don't like pepper. That's really all this is. I'm not a huge pepper fan. I know that it's in a lot of sauces and food that I like, and if it's a reci- part of a recipe, I'm into it. But when I bite into something and it doesn't taste like bell pepper, but it tastes like <laughs> black table pepper, I'm not into it. I don't like an abundance of that flavor. Understood. I like a bacon, egg, and cheese croissant wedge at Burger King. Oh, you know, that's one. I have been singing the Burger King breakfast praises for probably 15, maybe 20 years. I like they, the little, you little know, hash brown tater tots. Well, those are good. I really love the croissant, which I've always... I actually like the ham, egg, French and cheese. toast sticks. Thank you. That's where... <laughs> you fucking always steal it from me before I get there. Those fake-ass French toast sticks, yeah. remi- they, instantly, look, taste, texture, all mm. of it take me back to... First grade, yeah. When you'd be in the in the lunchroom and you're like, "What is this?" Mm-hmm. Of course, I didn't speak like, "What is this? What is this?" Oh, bitch! <laughs> oh, but but it was like they're like, "This French toast, hon." And you're like, "No." <laughs> but then you eat it, and you're like, "Yeah, yeah. it's crunchy like on the outside, chemical. super soft on the yeah. inside." I mean, those things were fucking amazing. Yeah, no, I go there. I don't do fast food breakfast. I, I vividly remember, it's not like I flew a lot when we were kids, but whenever we would be at the airport because we were flying somewhere, it was always an early flight because my parents always want to get where we're going early in the day. And I was like, let's go to McDonald's. And it's like 9.30, and I'd immediately be excited. And then I'd quickly realize, oh, fuck, they're, they're only serving breakfast. <laughs> <laughs> and, you know, like McDonald's did this huge thing a couple of years ago, like, breakfast any time of the day. day. And I'm like, fuck. That give me lunch any time of the day. I would much rather be at the, uh, at nine thirty in the morning. I'd you're ordering a Big Mac. At, like if I'm on a terminal where the options are cold bagel and McDonald's, oh, just and quickly. It's, it's nine thirty. I want a double chi and some fries. I'm gonna record this. Biscuit. I'm gonna make sure he hears this. You want to hear the craziest? You're gonna hate him now. If you didn't hate him before, you're gonna hate Sean now. Are you ready for this? The dude's never had a Big Mac. He's a, he's a stupid person. Never. He was a member of the Burger King's Kids Club. This man has been loyal to Burger King yeah. since he was a child. I'll say this in fairness to non-listener uh, Hollywood Report Sean. <laughs> I had my first Big Mac probably three or four years ago. And I'm 32, yeah. so I waited a while. But I, you at least, I mean, I don't even think he's had a double quarter pounder. Well, that's stupid. That's what... <laughs> Now I'm hitting you right in all the feels. I had a, I remember as a kid, I used to, you know, I was never a chicken nugget kid. I always just got a cheeseburger um, with ketchup only. That was like the thing when I was little. And then I eventually graduated to, what, they have a double cheeseburger? <laughs> and I'll never forget one day when I went to McDonald's with my dad. There's no telling what age I was. Probably like elementary school age. And he, he ordered mine and then he ordered a quarter pounder. I was like, what's a quarter pounder? It's like, it's the same amount of meat that you're getting, essentially, but it's in one patty with a bigger bun and I was like, what? (laughs) 
thunder in paradise. Good <laughs> super size. All of a sudden, all of a sudden, Brew came out from behind a fucking curtain somewhere. His fucking name is Brew. <laughs> Which. Just to stop you, Matt's killing me with the emails. He showed it to his wife. She just doesn't get it. I think about leaving. <laughs> that man. I was at work and I about literally. I, I actually did pee pee my pants. A I love that he got it. That he liked it. That he's yeah. like made it a point to well, go. Well, he's forty eight in. He knows. The, he knows the the routine. I'm glad that he checked in because he went. He went radio silent for a few episodes and I was like, I hope Matt and Bert's still listening. Yeah. Well, it is radioactive down there. It's hit or miss. Yeah. That's uh, true. You know, you've got Bobum or Bobum. <laughs> I'm thinking the league. You've got uh, you got Crawdad Man coming after you out there in the outback. You, you've got a Modem Joe and yeah. the, the guy that makes the bullets and the other one with the pig nose. Bullet farmer. Yeah, I mean it's a lot to deal with. Guzzoline. It's a lot. Guzzoline. I keep yeah. thinking I need to make it a point to refer to it as guzzoline from now on when I'm filling up. Mm. I would just say I need to stop well, it, gas. Well, what's funny about it is it's going to fucking ruin the kids. Like Adelaide's going to get to driving age yeah. and she's going to be in school and then she'll have like her first. Passenger, you're only allowed yeah. like one. Yeah. So then you'll be driving. She'll be like, "I gotta stop. I need some gasoline." <laughs> and her friends will be like, "What? I need gasoline from a Modem Joe's." <laughs> I gotta I stop. Need, I gotta stop you, in you, gas town. You're gonna have her. Yeah, you're gonna have her convinced that BP. Albert's on the outside. <laughs> Boss, we're going to gas town. <laughs> <laughs> Witness me. <laughs> Witness mediocre. <laughs> <laughs> All the other people were like, these Hickman girls are fucking ludicrous. What the fuck is wrong with them? I don't know. It was a weird night. I gotta go to Gastown and get some she guzzoline. Said she had to go to Gastown and get some guzzoline, and their younger sister just popped up and said, witness, and started spraying some white can in her mouth. There's people on poles. <laughs> there was a guy just dangling, paying a six string. It was really awkward, Mom. <laughs> oh, I love it. Witness! Witness! <laughs> Mediocre! <laughs> we gotta get, we should do a video, we should make a video, like a, a, a homage for the one year anniversary where we just get a picture of Matt in Perth and transcribe his face onto every oh, character God. from Mad Max Fury Road. Or, or Matt in Perth, if you have some spare time coming up and you don't mind doing a little cosplay, you're already there. <laughs> Like give, get take take a uh, a Mad Max type <laughs> selfie for us. We'll put it on the pod Instagram. You will be the Instagram star of the day. You can even tag yourself. Oh, while I'm thinking of it, because I don't want to forget. Mm. Uh, I mentioned to Baldino's, who made an excellent sandwich tonight. Yeah, solid nine point one. No, I'm not. I the, she's like you're back. I was like, damn, you've only been here the one time, but I had told her the whole story. Like you're in love with it. Mm. He sold me. And she's like, yeah. I was like, she's like, you're back. And I was like, yeah, yeah, we do a podcast every Tuesday, and this is kind of our thing. We eat, and then we pod. And this big fat man, who coincidentally, I'm pretty sure these were both for him, but he had ordered two 13-inch sandwiches, mm. and I'm fairly certain they were both for That's him. That's a lot of sandwiches. He was a big, big man, and I don't mean, like, tall. Yeah. But he's like, well, you better give him a shout-out. <laughs> and I was like, that's a good point. So yeah. we should definitely hashtag Baldino's yeah, into so the next. So if you're in the state of Georgia and happen to be in the uh, Shambly and or Marietta area, head on mm. over to Baldino's. Baldino's. New, New Jersey-style subs. New st- what does it say? New Jersey giant subs. Yeah. What's that? Well, but I anyways, like, I, like their, I like on their... Somewhere in their shop, they have their hours listed, and it's like Monday, 8 a.m. to maybe 5, mm-hmm. Tuesday, 
9 a.m. till whenever we feel like it. Like, it's like, when are you really open? Like, I get the joke, but when are you really open? Yeah, but this is kind of serious. I'm serious about my sandwiches, so, like, tell me when I, I cannot... need a sandwich when I need a sandwich. Right. But if Matt and Purse could somehow get out in the outback there and recreate some scenes yeah, from Mad Max... Yeah, just have, I mean, like, a long white wig and a cod piece and a yeah. steering wheel. Yeah. And, uh, have some breeders. Yeah. Find some hot Australians. Maybe we we'll get those Australian girls that did that thing for Ellen, that little uh, side music thing that I showed you. Possible. They, I don't think they've made anything since. <laughs> so maybe, maybe M&P can help them if out. If is willing, maybe shave your head bald, paint yourself white, spray yeah. paint in the mouth. Witness me. Do a witness. Yeah, do like, a witness. If you have a swimming pool nearby. Well, he it's, does. It's chilly It's there. in his backyard. Well, either way, like do a witness and then head first into the pool. <laughs> Something. So you can't Off make, your roof, though. It's gonna, yeah, it can't it's just be like be, a dive. It's gotta be extreme. And, yeah, it's gotta be. It's gotta be Project Badass. Yeah. Like, imagine Mac from Always Sunny. You gotta think you're doing something cool. Yeah, but since you probably can't make it for the 52nd episode. Oh, speaking of which, look, we got a lot of. We need to move into some current issues, and one of them lately is the 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 meme game is becoming legendary mm. with two issues. One is this anti-vax thing that is, like, a real hot topic right now. I have a lot of fun with that one because I know specifically at least three or four moms. Morons. That stupid idiots. to that. Yeah. That like stupid way of thinking. Stupid, stupid morons. And so whenever I see a really good meme that's just, just digging deep on their stupidity, yeah. I always share with Abandon. And well, hope yeah, and, and you shared that one the other day. And I'd already seen that. I had a few days before Leah had to tell me to put my phone down because I was an hour into scrolling the seventy five thousand dollars, seventy five thousand <laughs> comments, like just being like, "This bitch is just getting roasted. This bitch is getting roasted." <laughs> this bitch didn't know any better about this vaccine. <laughs> this bi- this bitch didn't vaccine her kids, and now both kids have polio. <laughs> this bitch brought measles back. This bitch is responding is responsible for the bubonic plague. This bitch is gonna fix shit with essential oils and crystals. Listen, if we get measles, we'll just put healing yeah. stones and essential oils on them. They'll go away. Uh, but so I saw two things. We'll get. We'll move to the other issue. The anti-vax meme that I love the most today was the episode from Always Sunny where Dennis and uh, Mac are in wheelchairs mm-hmm. at the at the mall. And I know it. All, all it says is. What anti-vax kid? What the the meme itself said with the picture of Dennis and him in the wheelchair. It said what anti-vax kids say at school, and all it says at the bottom, I have polio. Because <laughs> that's Max line. Yeah, I remember that one killed me. But the other thing is blowing up now, and I don't. You know, I'm trying to be less on social media. I'm still there, but I'm not actively pursuing any arguments. But this abortion thing. The New I don't, York I don't, one. I, the the it, New York it, thing. Center it. It's always been a topic in the news. It's yeah. It's all, always really, always really a hot thing. button issue. But the New York thing, which has been so overly one reported and then so misconstrued yeah. about what that law is actually saying. Yeah, uh, it's funny you bring that up because earlier work today I had pulled this up. I had googled the words "New York abortion law" explained. I wanted to know. And I immediately was like, all right, uh, 
America One News, that's out. Yeah. But I just found out factcheck.org, and I read it earlier, and this was at the beginning of the day, so I honestly, I don't remember much about it. But from what I understand, the gist of it is a new law that is just securing a woman and her doctor's right to decide to terminate if the there's a specific wording in the in the law fetal viability mm-hmm. as in we're so many percent certain that this fetus won't survive outside of the womb right and so this all this law is doing I, the law in New York has always been up to 24 weeks uh, for the life of the mother or fetal viability and all this new law is doing is securing that woman's option should she choose to listen to the doctor to go beyond that beyond that period up to another certain amount of weeks there is still a cutoff right. but you turn on the news and fucking Sean Hannity's like they're killing babies in New York <laughs> they're ripping them out and cutting them up and killing them in the it's like that's not please I, I wish I wish this was a visual because that was visually entertaining because like, you literally did turn into Sean Hannity there for just a minute they're ripping them out it's like please show me the hospital I kind of want to hear you doing as Terry Funk <laughs> Show me the hospital where they're ripping babies out and just killing them. That's what they're fucking saying on right-wing media, that women are giving birth to healthy babies and then going, you know what? Kill it. I don't want it. So you fucking retarded. Are you fucking serious? And it's like, what short memories these right-wing nutjobs have. Because just a few short months ago, they were laughing at the crazy left for crying about children in cages. <laughs> and the whole time, they're like, that's not what's happening. That's not true. That's not what we're doing. We're not doing that. And the left's like, you're just taking babies again. Put them in cages. You're the pro-life party. And the right's like, that's not what we're doing. That's not what this is about. You're, you're mi-. And then cut to this. Like, they're just ripping them out. It's like, are you fucking kidding me? Do you not remember, like, when you were thinking level-headed about the cage kit thing a couple months ago? You fucking nitwits. And, and this, this one hits home, doesn't it? Well, it's just so yeah. fucking frustrating. It's like, it's like, all that law did was secure a woman's right to choose if her life's at risk, no, listen. or if the fetal fetal viability no, okay. isn't isn't going to live. If just she just because I, I don't want to alienate. Subsects of listeners, if, if, if we already do, so it doesn't really fucking matter. Yeah. Well, but, I, on, to that point, I have two stories that are good for both sides of the argument. No, and hear me out though. I what what I'm growing more and more frustrated about is, of course, the the reaction from fa- fra- ugh, family and friends that share. I won't distract you with that. Yet. No, you're good. That share. Um, <clears throat> they they post about New York, and then much to your point, it's like I just can't believe we live in a country. Well, they're just they're killing just babies. Killing they're, babies. Just, they're just babies that are born, and the mom's just, like, I don't want I don't it. Want and they're it. just killing <laughs> Like, please, somebody, anyone, I'll, yeah. let, I'll let One American News do it. Find so, me the hospital and yeah. show me the dead baby. But my, 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 my the bigger disappointment for me is the level that you see. It's just, you know what's really sad is that you see how people are so easily duped. Right. Some Russian, yeah. I guarantee you, it's. Russians, yeah. if not somebody else that's against but us. They're not a threat. They're not a threat. Need to worry about Nothing to worry about. They're our about. friend. But some Russian creates a meme. And my favorite that I've seen recently was, so you remember several years ago, Cecil the Lion is killed by the dickheaded dentist. Mm-hmm. Then you got Harambe, mm-hmm. the gorilla killed by the gorilla, the zoo staff. 
And so it was like another animal that I can't remember. They were like, outrage at this, at Cecil Lion mm. and Harambee and this other animal that I don't remember right now. <laughs> and no one says anything about this. Mm. And then just like your video, just a little <clears throat> fake, clearly. Yeah. Fake little baby parts. Yeah. Like they're laid out on a Petri dish. And I'm like, you're fucking disgusting. And here's the thing about it. they Any other post from them is like, Jesus, love my, I pray for Jesus in this country. Yeah. Jesus, come into our lives. God blessed us and sent us on this trip. My husband just got a six-month trip to Zimbabwe. <laughs> and it's all this Jesus shit. And then they post that. Like, yeah. where in your right mind? Let's assume that you think this is a real picture. Because it's not a real picture. You're a fucking piece of shit. You're a dumb fucking piece of shit but you looked at that picture and decided yeah that's social media worthy yeah that's very christian yeah that's a very christian move yeah bought hook line and sinker yeah it's just they just fucking buy in then no one no one reads anything they're not they're not they don't care about they don't care about substance they love a a headline they love a headline in this particular debate nuance is lost because particularly people, I think, on the right when it comes to media, they don't want to push the actual language. They want to bury it with their language. Right, of course. For instance, Planned Parenthood comes to mind. The debate around Planned Parenthood is, should they get government funding to perform abortions? That's what everybody's mad about. Right. And Planned Parenthood has a very specifically worded policy that it seems like they're constantly having to get behind some pulpit to reaffirm. (laughs) We do not perform abortions with taxpayer money. We're not allowed to, and we don't. And there's no evidence that they do, despite what Carly Fiorina's fake fucking video might say, right. which even Fox News at some point, like, I think that's why she got Or Ethel at the First Baptist Church has to say about <laughs> I'm it. I'm pretty sure at some point even Fox News like, we got to drop Carly Fiorina because she made a fake fucking tape. And it doesn't matter, though, because cats are out of the bag. The, the language, as I've read it, in terms of the right versus left argument over Planned Parenthood, the right is upset over the fact that Planned Parenthood gets government funding but also takes private donations. And the argument is, well, if you're getting government funding and you're not using it for abortions and you're using it for all the other things, then there's only one thing you could be using that private funding for. So in a roundabout way, because you get money from us for STD tests, cancer screenings, breast exams, the list goes on, you have all this free private donor money to just kill babies (laughs) and so in a roundabout way taxpayer money is contributing to it but it's like that's not what you hear on fucking Sean Hannity it's just Planned Parenthood's using taxpayer money to kill children it's like that's and people just run with it like oh must be true the the, the fucking jewel pushing dickhead said so it's like does anybody even take into consideration their fucking moral compass Sean Hannity is selling jewel pods on the fucking TV all the time I did not know that he loves the jewel he promotes the fuck out of the jewel the jewel that like uh, I saw on the news just last week some kid got hospitalized because he did too much of it well they say one jewel has got like what two equivalent of two packs of cigarettes in right. it or something like and people, that. And people just suck through that juice like there's no tomorrow. That's because they're like, this is healthy. It's more addictive than cigarettes. I want to find that I'm looking for something. Oh, here we go. This. And now look, I want to preface this. Me and my wife are on two very different ends of this argument. It's, it's an argument we choose not to have because I think we just don't want to address it because we know where it will go. Sure. I'm not pro-choice mm-hmm. in the sense that 
I really don't have a dog in the fight. I'm a man. Right. I control my body because I'm a man. And to that point, I've said this in a previous podcast, I think if men want to have some say in the argument, they need to put some skin in the game. And I've said this before. Give the right what they want. Make abortion illegal with one or two exceptions. You know, uh, mother's life at risk, something along those lines. But make it illegal beyond that. Yeah. And it's simple. Girl gets pregnant. If it's an unwanted pregnancy, she goes to the nearest police station. I have an unwanted pregnancy. My boyfriend got me pregnant because he told me he'd pull out and he didn't. <laughs> this is his name. This is his address. This is his job. He They test him, match his DNA with the fetal DNA. He goes to jail for a year. <laughs> no court. Automatic jail. How long before not very, someone's not like... Not very American system, but... But how long before the men in Congress are like, I think we should revisit this whole abortions illegal thing because my kid just got sent to jail and I'm not happy with it. Yeah. Um, but if you want to have a say in the game, you got to put some skin in the game. Because yeah. the fact is, when a guy knocks up a girl, everybody talks, she should have closed her legs. Whore. Well, it's like, you that, know, it took a dick and balls to get I, the baby <laughs> in there. You I, could find him and, and recommend him and l- someone. Let me finish. I, I'm just saying, I don't... I just don't concern myself with this issue as much as Johnny Q Rabble Rouser right. or Ethel from the Baptist Church does. I don't think it look, and I this is gonna sound bad, but from my perspective, we've got enough people. Yeah. And if a woman gets pregnant, whether it was one, you know, drunken night out or met the wrong guy, yeah. or I, look, I'm just saying well, and that's at the end of the day. Mm-hmm. I want to live in in that society that we don't legislate morality and we don't hold morality over others. Right. If you're going to say you're a nation of separation and church and state, it needs to be that way. Mm-hmm. I, it's the only real libertarian thing about me because you know I have a disdain for so libertarians. Found fathers, said, found fathers, found fathers, bro. I'm just saying, I just have a disdain for when like for a lot of libertarians but the one thing i do like about them is yeah. ultimate freedom if it's it's yeah. your body yeah right i'm sorry that ethel from first baptist gets upset and shares mm. carly fiorina videos and loves sean hannity and wants right. to sit in judgment of you knowing full well she probably had three of them when she was sure. 17 because yeah. her uncle knocked her up a few times yeah uh, now i'm just being mean anyways <laughs> I, I don't really yeah. I, let me finish i don't really care so much but I did see this. My buddy shared me this, and I was like, there's a lot of people that disagree, but I liked it. And it was a, it was, it's just a little thing he shared. Way, ways pro-life Christians can fight abortion rates. So it's a list. So fight for access to affordable, available birth control options. Support science-based, thorough sexual education. That's science-based. No, we're going to just teach uh, abstinence only. Adopt, foster, treat these mothers and post-abortion women with the same love you have for their babies. Destigmatize being an unwed mother. You can't create a culture where these women are judged and ashamed and then expect them not to look for a way out. Hold men accountable. Fight for a living wage. Fight for affordable housing. Fight for a better foster care system. Fight for decent parental leave. Fight for available affordable affordable health care. Don't just target don't just target laws and legislation on Facebook. Women have been having abortions long before it was illegal. Target the source. And also maintain your credibility, my favorite part. Maintain your credibility by caring for the life beyond the womb. Yeah, Refugees, yeah. immigrants, orphans, addicts, poor, minorities, LGBTQ, and et cetera. Yeah. Like, that's what I'm saying. They care about these kids to a point. 
Yeah. And then they're born. Oh, oh, you're cute and you're brown. You're not my fucking problem. You're not gonna. You're not white though. (laughs) I tell you what, when you're 18, you can join the Marines. (laughs) You can go serve your country that made sure you were born. That's my favorite sort of like liberal talking point. You see it in meme form a lot. It's like all about that baby till it's out of the womb. Then all of a sudden it's not your fucking problem. Yeah. Don't come to me for a government handout. Right. Like I love that that angle of we're going to make sure you have that baby because it's our moral duty to do so. <laughs> but since you're a poor minority single woman with no job, <laughs> uh, when you apply for government assistance, that's a hard pass. <laughs> you shouldn't have had that kid. Like, wait a second, I did what you told me to do <laughs> first time. I, I could have just gotten rid of this. Well, I mean, you can't get it aborted, but you shouldn't have had it. You should have closed your legs. Yeah. It's like, okay, well, you know, it did, again, take a dick and balls to put it into me. Can we find him and do something with him? <laughs> the thing that comes to mind with all the talking points is there are extremes on both sides. The right would have you believe that there's just some... 22-year-old woman in New York just putting it out on the street, getting pregnant every fucking week because she can just go vacuum them out the next day. (laughs) And the reality is that that's not probably happening on the scale that Rush Limbaugh would have you believe. There's probably in a billion plus, however many billions of people we have, there's probably a few that are like, "Eh, I can get it aborted. But not that many. And it's true also to the left. John Oliver comes to mind because he shared a story once about a 13-year-old girl who got impregnated by, like, a relative. Mm-hmm. And because she was in some podunk state with no clinics, she wasn't afforded the ability to have it taken care of. Or the argument was that she should carry it to term, which is fucking stupid, at 13. By a relative. Right. Kids got flippers, and y'all want me to bring this shit into the world. And my same point to leftists is that's also equally rare. For every 22-year-old just putting it out there, getting pregnant left and right because she can abort it, there's also those stories. There's not that many. Those are extremes, right. and they're not they're not the, the frequent thing. And I've said this before on other subjects. If the right wants to talk about the government being too big, the fucking government's too big for everything. Mm-hmm. You don't get to say, get out of my wallet, but get into her vagina. <laughs> it's like... Are they too big or are they too small? Like, well, that's morality. Oh, why is that morality? Because oh, I've got an old book with guides on how to treat your slave that tells me you shouldn't do it. <laughs> it's like, all right, real. Let's come back to that. Well, you said you had just because I want to get back to some semblance of fun. <laughs> well, I wanted to be fair and given the in, in light of the New York story because memes are going around everywhere. And yeah. this one came across my page the other day, and I thought there's a good ex- example. And, and by the way, in both these stories, there's no way to verify if either of them are true. This yeah. one looks fake. This looks fake as fuck. But yeah. this is the kind of example that will pull at the heartstring of someone that reads it that's opposed to any kind of abortion. It's a picture of a smiling newborn baby with a tube up her nose and her smiling parents. And the caption just says, this is Freya. She was born premature at 27 weeks due to preeclampsia. Mm-hmm. Which could kill the mother and child. Democrats would love. I love the broad generalization there, yeah. too. Go ahead. All Democrats. All Democrats. <laughs> Democrats would have you believe this life wasn't worth saving. If you can look at her smile and not feel joy, you are not human. Hashtag babies' lives matter. Now, in fairness. So th- this is how I know this is fake. Right. This right here, the, the hashtag babies' lives matter. Because what that is, is not even. Uh, not even it's overt racism. Right. So you're you're basically saying Democrats don't believe in babies' lives. Mm-hmm. So there's a really this is Russian for sure, by the way. Yeah. Well, and one, this guy's a one. Well, this guy's a douchebag, anyways. An Arsenal fan with his little douchebag face. Look at the 
Somebody, this has been shared 13, 000, yeah, almost 14,000 14, times. times. But I, I guarantee you that I, I can look at this just in my with my gaze and know that this is bullshit. Mm. But the biggest problem for me is, one, there's no explanation about the preeclampsia and its effects. Right. A real, a, the mother of this child, if this was real, mm. would give you one of those long posts. Oh, yeah. You'd get a mommy blog post for sure. Right. Then you get the really broad generalization about Democrats would have you believe this life isn't worth saving. because So if we, retry, if we take that out just by itself, so Democrats don't care about babies at all. That's what that's really saying. That's not true, though. They care about the ones that are in cages on the border. Right? Sure. <laughs> but they would have you believe that life is not worth saving. But the real home run in this is the babies' lives matter. Because you're, you're, yeah. you're, what you're trying to do there is discredit any association with Black Lives Matter. Right. Which is, the, of course, what Republicans see as this great battle flag of the Democratic Party. or the right. li- Really not even the Democratic Party, but the liberal left. Well, and if you notice, but to, too— But to take—to steal that hashtag and moniker, mm. and after you've posted this the uh, preceding bullshit, mm. this is how I know that is garbage. And I'm going to find it tonight and really unload on this dumbass page and be like, look, Natali, Nikolov— uh, well, it's a good. Those are all good points. I do want to, for the sake of my bigger point, I want to assume this is real. Okay, we let's can assume, assume it's real, but it's not. We can assume it for now. Let's assume that's the baby and preeclampsia was the real thing, sure. and we'll even assume. Well, preeclampsia is a very serious condition. I don't even know what it is. I didn't even bother to look it up. Okay. But we'll assume that preeclampsia was involved, and there is a serious risk at 27 weeks to the mother and the baby, and this mother chose. To have the baby anyways, and now look at this precious baby. Now I want to go to this one. This one's a tad bit longer, and it's the opposite end of the spectrum. And I, I didn't. Uh, this is your mom blog. So yeah. off the top, I, yeah, I'm already a real hashtag. <laughs> I'm already thinking this is this is. I'm I'm going to try to show some judgment, but <clears throat> I, I didn't purposely choose a long one that makes the left's case versus a short. It's just oh, I've already read this. Out. Yeah, I've read this. Uh, I'll I'll try and read it. I'm a terrible reader. So well, you want me to do it? Yeah, you read it. You want an, a- an accent, maybe? No, just read it. <laughs> and remember to be on the mic. For all of you who think that New York is allowing these terminations after 24 weeks for people who don't want their babies, you're wrong. You're dead wrong. And your posts depicting perfect full-term babies that are supposedly in danger are nothing short of torturous. This is the last picture I took of my son. I was 17 weeks pregnant when I found out that he had a condition that would make him incompatible with life. It broke me in ways you'll never understand until you experience it yourself. I hope you never do. I wasn't 24 weeks yet, but I already loved this baby. I named him. I had dreams of holding him and kissing his little fingers and toes, dreams of what his giggles would sound like. I wanted him so very badly. How much worse must it have been for women who have made it to 24 weeks or more? I had to make a choice. As you can see, he was badly swollen. What you can't see is that his organs were surrounded by fluid. He was going to drown in the substance that was supposed to keep him safe. I wanted to try to carry to full term so that I could donate his organs to a baby who had a chance. Unfortunately, doing so would have nearly guaranteed that I would have developed eclampsia, had fatal seizures, and left other beautiful sons without a mother. There was a 20% chance that I would have made it to full term because of the severity, and if he had passed before that, his organs would have been eligible for donation. I made the heartbreaking decision, or heartbreaking choice, mind you, to terminate via induction of labor. My doctors moved quickly, but showed more compassion towards me and my son than many of the people who claimed to be pro-life. I was given a chance to hold him and to say goodbye. My story is not uncommon. 
The stories of the women put in this position through no fault of their own are heart-wrenching. The new law does not allow for healthy full-term babies to be aborted. It does not allow for murder. Yes, a life is ended, but it's an act of mercy. The law protects women who are forced to make the hardest decision of their lives and doctors who care for them. These babies are wanted. These babies are loved. These mothers aren't murderers. These mothers are devastated. You are politicizing their pain and demonizing them. Hashtag I stand with New York. At the bottom, there's a picture, an ultrasound photo of a very bloated 17-week-old baby. Yeah. So, case in point to a larger picture, when you see shit on Facebook, figure out which one's fucking real. <laughs> this one that's pixelated and clearly made up bullshit. Yeah, you, I mean, look at the font. <laughs> this is a meme. It's not, it's not even Facebook font. This is a meme. It's got 14,000 shares. To the credit of this one, this one's got almost 50. This is actually real. My larger point, going to the New York law, regardless of which of these stories you feel more compelled to connect with, the New York law protects both of their rights to make that decision. The hardcore right would have would have it to where neither of them get to choose. The woman who ultimately chose to terminate her baby because it was surrounded in fluid that was going to suffocate it and possibly develop eclampsia had the option to get out of it. And the woman from the first one, which is most likely fake, but assuming it's real, she had the option, despite the preeclampsia diagnosis, to try and have the baby anyways. My point with all of it is every fucking story is different. The right and the left would have you believe that it's all just one big broad brush. They're all whores who shouldn't be getting pregnant, or they're all 13-year-olds whose uncles raped them. <laughs> and reality is there's a lot in between, and it's all subjective and circumstantial, and to think that you can just pull your Bible out and blanket law the whole country with your morality is fucking bullshit. The bigger point, regardless of which two you like, they both had a choice, and that's all the New York law is doing, is is reaffirming in a lot of ways and extending these women's right to decide what they do. Yeah. It's like it's, it's, it's taking the wind out of the sails. It's just, for me, it's not the issue that makes me sad. It really isn't. Um it's just the general Is it the stupidity. It's not. The, it's not. It's nothing political. The political. Political. Oh shit! I the can't talk. Politization. Politization of the of this issue, of course. But that's not new. It's not like uh, we can. There's there's a lot of things about the last two years. Call it the last ten, if you really want to tie in Obama. There's a lot of things you could say we've politicized, and we're getting pulled to each end of the spectrum. Uh, and this one certainly isn't on Donald Trump. This is like, you can shit on Donald for any, I mean, a myriad of reasons, mm. really. Uh, just like you could shit on any president, to be fair, but particularly this idiot. But on this, the only thing that's really that's really adding that fuel to the fire now is that he's appointed two and will probably appoint at least one more. Right. Maybe two more. And you're looking at, and then you're looking at a, a very politicized, to use that term again, a politicized Supreme Court, right? Who probably don't. Once you get to that office, I don't. I often tell people they might be appointed by a president, but they're not beholden. Once you get to that office, because we have a dumbass system mm-hmm. where they're a lifetime appointee, right? What the fuck do they? They might say like, "Well, Trump put me here," but quietly, I kind of thought he was a dumbass. <laughs> I used his I used his base yeah. and support to get me here. Yeah. You interview Brett Kavanaugh on eight years, like, I don't even like beer. I don't even like beer. I never even boofed, dude. It's all bullshit. <laughs> but I'm just I voted for Obama both times. <laughs> but I my what? my what 
what hurts me is not the dead babies or the stories that you fake post, right? Because I've already shown a proclivity to be like, we have enough people. Yeah. And if a woman has had two and knows, like, I cannot do this. I cannot afford this child. Yeah. And I'm four weeks, five weeks. I don't know what the earliest you can do it is. Right. But I'm going to handle this at the earliest stage because I can't supply this kid with a life. And then someone, when they're like, adopt it. Okay. Yeah. You raise a child. You go to term. Mm-hmm. Feel a child moving inside your belly. That's the crazy. Look, I'm not trying to make this going to be one of our most serious episodes <laughs> ever. But like when, when Leah was pregnant, that was some magical shit to see her belly move, to feel, of course, you know, to, to feel her belly, to see the kid, to see how hyperactive he was, even inside the womb. Mm. You already are, that's your kid. Yeah. You haven't met him yet, yeah. but that's your fucking kid. And, and that's my perspective. Now, her yeah, perspective and, and as the woman yeah. growing this child. Well, yeah, as the dad, like just in the delivery room, the swell of. I don't know. I don't know what you could call it. It's adrenaline, endorphins, both. Oh, yeah. When you see them for the first time, yeah. it's overwhelming. It yeah. brings you to tears, but they're not happy or sad tears. You just don't <laughs> fuck it. Your body doesn't know what to do. Yeah, yeah. Your body just exerts tears for, because it, yeah. it, you don't know. It, it's you're dealing with some a different level of yeah, adrenaline. For you've some ever preachy felt. twat to be like, well, then just go through that and give it away. Yeah. Because I care about it living more than anything. It's. It's Wait, but is it brown? Is it black? <laughs> oh. Well, it's your fault. You shouldn't have gotten pregnant. Yeah. That kid's going to have a tough life. Well, every every argument you hear from the right, like, give it up for adoption or get a better job. Go back to school. You could do better. It's not our fault. It's not our problem. This is America. This is America. You could you could become a billionaire tomorrow if you just tried hard enough. It's like, no. What was that? What was no, that's, that's not real. That's, just, I want to go down La La Land for a second. What was that scheme that D tried to hatch in, in vigor on with the berries <laughs> from the high? The, the berries from the high. Oh, you're a 40. That's a really... <laughs> Really high number. Oh, shit, you guys. No, but back to what I was actually and saying. Roddy Piper ends up being a great salesman. Oh, for he's it. great. Yeah, and, they, and timeshares. Yeah. But the the what but, I what I get most distressed by is the level of stupidity. Mm-hmm. And when you see people, and what really hurts, and I had a very in depth conversation with a loved one recently, is when it's kind of like the end. I don't know when. Like for some people, they their child their their inner child lives within their entire life. Mm-hmm. And, and kudos to them. And I, Leah has a lot of that. She's a good example of someone who has not let go of that inner child, doesn't want to let go of it. I think there's times... I've picked up on that. When I try, <laughs> when I try to, to recapture. Yeah. But I think the death knell of mine was seeing people that you grew up loving, mm-hmm. family. Yeah. And you have this mental picture of them, and now you see what they... What they like, we call it social media, but it's no different. If we happen to be sitting with them, they would say right. the exact same shit. But in this worst particular case, they're advertising their stupidity. Yeah. Like when you have a picture of your sweet old grandmother as a kid, and then as an adult you hear her say, I'm boycotting the Mexicans, and you go, oh, fuck. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, well, that one's been made easier over time. That's not particularly when you, difficult. When you get disowned, that tends to happen. But... I'm just generally friends and family. When you see this, what it really boils down, and this is true of both. I want to make this clear. This is not a right or left issue. There's just a level of hatred in this country right now Mm -hmm. that I don't see being overcome. Sure. And I I think the right, the conservative Christian bit would just pray for Jesus. Mm -hmm. Jesus is going to take care of us. And I say, you know, if I were Jesus, I'd be like, 
Y'all get your shit together before you expect me to come down there again. I already did this once. Yeah, I, I'm not. I'm not going down. No, I, I mean, it's like they just expect that we can keep acting shitty towards each other. We can keep shitting, keep just doing horrible things to each other. I mean, go online and read any fucking post. It doesn't yeah. fucking matter. Reddit, Facebook, it doesn't fucking matter. You expect that you can say that shit, go to church the, the next Sunday, be yeah. absolved, and then just say, it's all right, Jesus is going to take care of it. Fucking, I, look, I'm no better. Than, I'm, no, I'm no better than any, I'm no better than anyone else. Yeah. I know that. I've said that a hundred times. But there is a part of me that if you do, if we all do have to go up to the great pearly gates mm-hmm. and do the whole St. Peter thing. Oh, fuck. Dave's here. Well, that. <laughs> I'm just saying, well, it doesn't mean we're going anywhere. You're just at the gates, yeah. right? And I would just love the idea of, one, like, I've, you know, Edna from the Lutheran Church mm. walking up feeling like she, she's probably carrying her little Bible in her hands. She's like, I crushed it. I crushed it. Killed it. <laughs> and I, I would love to see St. Peter say, hmm. Outwardly, you you seem to play the part, mm. but I want to reference you to some of these posts you made. We'll go one at a time. I've got about eighty-seven of them. You were a real twat. This is real bad, Ethel. Um, yeah, you called them demon rats and said that all their children should die. That one's tough. I think we're gonna try to run that. I tell you what, we'll expunge that. I'll give you one. Let's see what the next one's like. Eighty-six to go. Ooh, you hit at the Jews early. That's tough. Ugh, okay. You Ju- know that the George, God was George the Soros and the Jewish conspiracy. Yeah, ouch. I'll leave that one for Jesus gonna, to decide. I, I'm sorry to interrupt here. So I'm going to go ahead and highlight all the ones that say globalist. <laughs> and we're going to make a subcategory for those. Because I feel like we need to address those as one group. It would be fair to address them individually. Unfair, I should say. So we'll pull the globalist ones aside. <laughs> And let's focus. I particularly want to talk about the the heinousness of homosexuality for a minute. Because, Ethel, if you do make it in, as you'll find, we have lots of gays. <laughs> Turns out, with all the, you know, wars and genocide and, you know, child rape in the Middle East, God wasn't really concerned about Dan and Rick. Who, uh, who, who, by the way, volunteered at their local Methodist church and fed the homeless. Who also, by the way, adopted several unwanted children that I might point out, you fought really hard to get into this world. <laughs> but then immediately fought just as hard to keep out of their gay hands. Um, that's a that's a wonderful time. Think about that, though. Seriously. You could have a gay couple, so they're already hated, right? Off the top, on the right. They are abominations. Yeah. Now they listen. Can, I don't hate like, them. listen I just hate their they, they probably have better jobs. They probably pay the same taxes, if not more. Oh, yeah. Definitely. They more. probably live better lives. Let's say, let's give them all. And this isn't across the board, but you know this. Yeah, guy. Well, I know this. I, I know this couple. I do. I won't too. say names. I, and to be fair, I know some sloppy gays, and I know some. Like, we all. I know many, many. I know many, many. You do yeah. as well. I work and live in the city. Many yeah. types of gays. <laughs> But I, this is the gay I'm talking They're about. Cut from all clothes. This is the got married when they had a chance, mm-hmm. own a house, own their house, yeah. two great jobs, volunteer in their community, foster dogs, and now foster children. Mm. But Ethel, who fought to get these kids into the world, like you said, would at the same time tell a homosexual couple they can't even foster, not right. adopt. Right. 
Just provide a stable home, yeah. a stable home for these kids because it would be showing them the ways of the devil. Mm. Two men shall not lay together. Yeah, well, Ethel, you probably shouldn't have had two affairs <laughs> back when you were in your thirties. You know, Ethel. Again, I want to point out there's a lot of <laughs> there's a lot of stuff in in the Bible you keep waving around that's not exactly. I mean, this chapter is devoted to how to properly uh, reprimand your slave. Like we're. <laughs> It's not exactly the moral compass you painted out to be. <laughs> I mean, I get it. It's our book. I helped author it. <laughs> but even I, at some point, had to go like, oh, we should... I wish I could get into someone's ear down there now, you know, and cut some of that horrible... Even I, even I turned it down and said, you probably could have given me another hundred years. <laughs> As it turns out, what was true then of the era about, you know, you know, sleeping with children and keeping slaves, it's not, it's not cool anymore. <laughs> if I could just, if I could divinely inspire someone in 2019, you know? <laughs> The, I guess I tried with the Mormons, nobody bought And the, the, the worst part of it for me is that as someone who just doesn't identify one way or the other because I just see two ends of a stupid argument, the minute you're anti-one, mm. you're the other. Right. There's no – it's like I, if, I, if someone asked me, well, what do you vote? Mm. And I said centrist. They'd be fucking liar. Liberal. Or yeah, you probably vote Republican. <laughs> it's just like, no, man. Yeah. I did. I've done write-in votes. I've gone down. I've 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 chosen all against Trump every time. So it, I'll go against Trump, and then I might go red, blue, red, blue. If mm-hmm. I if I feel like, because you know what the thing is. At the end of the day, you vote for your agricultural secretary. No one gives a fuck. <laughs> That's a meaningless. Fu- it's not meaningless, but to my day-to-day life, it's fucking meaningless. And then someone yeah. says, "Hey, no, no, because you probably buy produce, right?" <laughs> well, that's probably no. It's fucking not. It's not. The dude has nothing to do with the farmer that grows my fucking lettuce. Yeah. And it, if he did, we wouldn't have Ebola and people shitting their brains out from romaine four times a year. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? If we, if that guy was really good, and every agricultural minister was really Listen, good, guys, that's on me. I had the flu that week. See, I think about I that. Really think, if I fucking died because I fucking went and got a bagged Caesar salad, it's like you go to heaven and everyone's got great stories, you know? You meet like a soldier. <laughs> How'd you die? D-Day, bro. It was brutal. I thought I made it the first five minutes, but then I got hit by a fucking 88 shell. Blew me to fucking pieces. I mean, if you're going to go, you're going to go. <laughs> well, how about you? Uh, I, I, uh, I went to Kroger. I was a little hungry, but I was trying to be healthier. So I bought a, a bagged ultimate Caesar salad. What's Kroger's? I like a Ralph's. Uh, yeah, it's it's the same thing. <laughs> I even used my Kroger post my, my Ralph's card at it because mm-hmm. it's the same company. Uh, and then I just shit and pissed myself and puked myself to death. <laughs> it was like a twelve hour process. They tried to save me, but I died by Caesar Caesar salad. Fuck. <laughs> well, maybe you should have talked to your agricultural. Well, don't forget to help yourself to punching cookies. <laughs> This is Lonnie. There's Pete. We got a few Pete's. That's sneaky Pete. There's slippery Pete over there. Let me ask you this. Just because we're on the fun time, I would love to hear your answer to this, and then we could probably wrap it up if you want. So, depending upon your interpretation, they say heaven is going to be different for everyone, if you believe in such a thing. And I know that we, we've talked about this. You don't have to get into the very particulars. Mm. But assuming that heaven, Valhalla, whatever you want to call it, is a real place. I believe it's a place on earth. Uh, save it. 
But let's assume let's let's go on the assumption that it is different for everyone. Like the souls are there, mm-hmm. right? You know that there's other souls present, but what they're seeing and experiencing is not what you're seeing and experiencing. Okay, I've never heard this. So okay. So I'm I'm just throwing this out there. What would your heaven be? Your Valhalla? What would it be? Yeah, because again, just taking into account that my what I'm telling you is the interpretation in this in this metaphorical situation is yeah. that you're experiencing your heaven, mm-hmm. which might it's kind of like a that movie that's highly underrated. Uh, what What dreams may come? Right, the one with Robin Pain Williams. Pain right, yeah. that was he was living in his heaven, and that was his wife's painting. Mm-hmm. And everyone's heaven was very different. Right. So, what would yours be? Well, at this age, you know, if you'd asked me, you know, 15 years ago, it'd be a very different answer. Sure. But at this age, it'd be just a continuation of more or less the good parts of present day. Like, you know, uh, wife, my, my wife, my kids, just a continuation of, of... So, even if they're still alive... Right. In the physical world, in right. your heaven, they would be spiritually present. Right. Like, my life now, with a slightly bigger home and no stress about money mm-hmm. or a job to go to because I hit the, you know, multi-billion dollar jackpot a few years ago. Nothing nothing outrageous. The ability to just, I, you know, if I was to, if you were to say, like, you're going to die in a second, close your eyes, and when you open them up again, all the best parts of your life are just going to be what you get to experience from now on. Got it. That's what it would be. No specifics, though? No. But, again, if you'd asked me at fucking 18, it would have been like, oh, no, a lot of tits. <laughs> what are you, Kenny from South Park? <laughs> Jesus. I mean, my mine would be, like, kind of like What Dreams May Come. It would be some kind of, like, not a chateau, but some kind of villa mm-hmm. on some kind of high Swiss lake you know, in the mountains. Right. High, jagged peaks, but then this beautiful still lake, <clears throat> and I'd fish... Mm-hmm. I'd play cards, and of course, to your point, Leah and Vivian and future right. kids that I don't have yet. Right. And the family would be there, but you wouldn't even like know them as like family. They would just be so, you would just know them intrinsically would be yeah. yours. But that's that's kind of what I'm I'm getting at because to me the, the only I'd play cards every night, <laughs> and I'd like win <laughs> I'd win every hand. That to me that's the ultimate. Uh, not fear, but disappointment and knowing that it's all going to come to an end one day. It's not that I don't want to go, but that I don't want to leave them. Right, 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 right. So if I'm choosing my own heaven, whether it's it's all in my heavenly... I think select- M&P would be there. Of course. With Chinese food. And and alcohol and soda in a can. And Tim Tams. And Tim Tams. Alan, Alan wouldn't be. Tim Tams that come refrigerated. Oh, come have, refrigerated. You don't have to put them in the fridge and wait a couple hours. Yeah. They're just already cold. So you're, you're putting yours in the refrigerator? Freezer. Or the freezer. Whatever. Yeah. I, I, I didn't have time to do any of them. Man, the, the frozen Tim Tam. See, this is what I'm now. This is where it spirals because, like, yeah, that's going into the heavenly freezer. <laughs> frozen Tim Tams and frozen Reese's. Yeah, my wings at the snap of a finger. Yeah, your nine point five bullshit wings. Nine point five. I guarantee you, you have them. On no, a, I and, look. And look, an eight, I, nine for you. I will tell you. I know. I was gonna give you more credit. I would say they looked really good. I mm-hmm. saw the picture. Mm-hmm. But putting in, I've never gauged. It, not a movie. I mean, maybe a movie. Yeah, I've probably given a movie nine point five. Like, they're fucking good. I your smugness is what's making it <laughs> harder for me to take it 
Serious, you gave it a 9.5. The simplicity behind them is what I like so much. Not, I know. The sauce and, recipe hey, is not complex. Dude, I... No seasoning on the chicken. I have mastered my baked wing now. I give... Uh, and at best, yeah. at best, it's a 9.2. Now, the lemon pepper, I've really mastered. Okay. And I know you don't like lemon pepper, so that's not something you would I'm ever understand. To it. I actually tried to make some last time I did wings, and I so I uh, used the banner butter, <laughs> the really good made here in Atlanta, four type banner butter, fresh squeezed lemon juice. Got to be if it can't be out of like some like drink mix, mm-hmm. fresh squeezed lemon juice. And I use two types of lemon pepper seasoning, and at the end I crush fresh pepper over the top, and you just whirl it all together. Then you throw them back into the oven on mm. the broiler. So they sizzle and all those butter and juices and seasonings. Bring them back out, throw them back into the bucket, suck your way, mm. and then double season. Yeah. You can't, with lemon pepper seasoning, that's what I'm finding. I love the, the all over the placeness of this. But with lemon pepper seasoning. What about the dead baby? <laughs> so what you do? You take the little baby. No, I'm not going to do that. Uh, but you just can't over season. Is this a wing? Yeah. <laughs> Let's call Carly. <laughs> Carly Fiorina, is this a chicken wing or a baby part? I didn't, I forgot about her, to be honest. I, I remember her now in the debates, but I had forget I had forgotten about her. No, but that to, you know, the heaven question, it'd be a continuation of the best parts of, of life if if I if I got to choose. The description, like I because of my youth group past and the fact that I know guys that went to Bible college and studied theology and are theologians to a certain degree. When you get into deep dive talks with them about what the biblical heaven is, it sounds fucking miserable. Like one of my closest friends for over a decade has told me that he believes in the biblical description as he understands it, theologically speaking, of heaven being a constant stage of worship where you are you are basically on bended knee in awe of God. Hmm. And I'm like, well, do you ever get up to pee? Like, <laughs> well, there's no it, peeing in heaven. I was like, is that it? Like, we're just bright lights and bent knees for a concept of time we can't wrap our human minds around like i'm i'm out see i've always had just a very differing opinion on it but that i don't have any i don't i don't, ha- I don't have any theological training but one of the things to take it to the inverse people think of hell mm-hmm. as fiery you know yeah you said you think it is cold i think it is ice yeah because to me there's know. no other <laughs> it's not like if, if, if your contention is that heaven is the light, mm. the, 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 the wonderful exerting light and heat of the world, right. the opposite is not fire. Right. The opposite is extreme, deep, dark, unbending darkness and cold. Right. Where, that, where, where heaven is light, hell is dark. And dark doesn't scream to me fire. Right. Hell screams a deep, dark, cold pit. I think I think what hell could probably be is just being stuck on the outside of the gate watching everybody have a good time. <laughs> like it's you. It's yeah, it's kind of like the end of that movie, The End. Yeah. You ever see that with the Backstreet Boys show? Yeah. Everybody. Yeah. And they're just like, dancing like with the Backstreet Boys. And then you're on the other side of the fence with Stalin and Hitler and Jeffrey Dahmer. And Sean Hannity. And Sean yeah. like, fuck, that looks like such a good time. <laughs> well, what do you guys want to do? You guys want to play cards? I have a pineapple and shove it up each other's ass. If you fuck him and he fucks <laughs> you, I'm just spitballing. I mean, what are we going to do? We're going to be here for a while. Oh, man. I could fantasize all day about seeing that row. Like, to see Sean Hannity's face when they say, Sean, brother, it's a, it's Sean, a, it's a hard no. Sean, we're going to let you in, but you're going to have to leave the jewel pen outside. <laughs> Also, all right. Well, Mr. Uh, Peter, I'm gonna have to stay out here with my jewel pod then. Your roommate, you're not gonna like this. 
It's that Dijon mustard-loving Obama. <laughs> he specifically asked for this. We don't know why. Sean, this is only going to get worse for you. He's wearing the tan suit. <laughs> Sean, he wears the tan suit every day. All day. Every day. Every heavenly day. Yesterday I saw him spill Dijon mustard on the lapel. <laughs> he licked it off. He raised the lapel to his mouth and licked it off. Coincidentally, we wipe our ass with your book up here. So. <laughs> I, you know, I don't. I just try to, to not hate anymore, but it, I... This is a short list of people who are just like, fuck them. You know, I, I watched Ann Coulter on Bill Maher the other night, and she was totally full of shit. But there's some conviction there. Yeah. Like, I actually feel like her shit, her shittiness comes from a place that she actually, whether or not it's just because she says it over and over. Right. Or otherwise, it's just, there's a conviction there. And you're like, I think you're so full of shit, mm. but you seem to just... No believe your are. shit. <laughs> yeah. Whereas with Hannity, I feel like he's just selling you shit. Yeah. And he knows he's selling you yeah, he's shit. He's a huckster. Yeah. He's I, a, a snake oil. I like, they, they, they were playfully um, uh, flirty almost. And Bill Maher even joked about like, I'll, you know, we'll talk about it later in bed. Yeah. Immediately I was like, oh, that's a fun visual. These two fucking. Oh. <laughs> it's worse to think about Bill Maher naked than Bill Maher and Ann Coulter. They're definitely a doggy style couple. There's no doubt about it. I don't think she would be as submissive. I think she's gonna be like riding. Yeah, that or like I think like a reverse. Box. Yeah, I think like like she's the you no. Know, you know what it is? She's an she's, aggressively reverse cowboy. Yeah. Well, I was gonna. I was. I was headed that way, and then I saw this new position on this movie, where the woman, like me and you, would be like this. We'd be sitting backwards, and we'd have our legs up. Yeah. And our penis would be angled. I've out, seen this position. And it looks like the girls fucking you, yeah, missionary. They're able to do the thrusting. Yeah, yeah. They do the thrusting. Yeah. And that would be that's yeah, that's no, Ann I, Coulter. I, I, I'll be honest. I attempted that. My dick's not long enough. <laughs> Uh, Kristen, please do subscribe. Uh, and and uh, sorry. <laughs> we should wrap it up because it's it we we've droned on long enough and it's it's actually a lot later than when we normally. Live. Yeah, let's do it. Let's so, save sex. It. Hope you enjoyed this episode. We you don't and you won't, but fifty is gonna be great. This is the kind of episode where I'm gonna call you tomorrow. Like we gotta re-record it. <laughs> and we'll, record the whole we'll do it two parter. Oh shit. Right, well, W F U C K. Skip and Dabber. Skip and Dabber. We're talking about because the football season is finally over. Uh, we got the Hollywood Report for non-losing Sean. Hey, producer, what kind of ladies underwear are you wearing today? Easy, <laughs> I'm going to talk about. All right. <laughs> Stay tuned. Up next, we've